The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. I am your host, Rydicat. You can find me at Rydicat on Twitter. You can find me at News and Need on Twitter. You can find me at CBCaps on Instagram. South Carolina with Columbia down the way. And the sound effects you've heard come from none other than our man in Brooklyn, one agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? Co-hosting from the borough of Kings. Brooklyn be the place where certain things. And with us tonight, friend of the show, once again back is the incredible one, Matt Wayne 97 on Twitter and Instagram. Say what's up to the people. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me on again. I'm always excited to join uh, on a Thursday night. It's always fun to talk to you guys. You know, there I'm it is. Glad to have you. There you go. Um, so, friends, uh, as I get this tweet off of here right now, you know what time of the year it is. Now, we don't normally, we, we try to have Matt on more times than just times like this but let's face it more with more times than not we get him out here because as folks may or may not know uh this past weekend was san diego comic-con uh and all his entrappings and trappings therein and uh our man matt uh is always out there at the show and uh we, we brought him on to get his impressions of things and see what he got into and uh you know Things of that nature. So we're going to start off with the show talking about San Diego uh, with with him and that. But um, great look, um, uh, you know, look, I, I I'll, I'll kick it off with uh, it was this is the second year that um, they've reopened uh, uh, San Diego Comic Con since the pandemic. Um, I uh, arrived early Wednesday morning because I actually had uh, another uh, game convention in San Diego to attend, um, and then uh, met up with some uh, a lot of friends in the industry for dinner and uh, ended up going to preview night. Um, and then I the the short version is I left I took the red eye back Friday night back home, but. Um, you know, happy to answer any of your questions and, and walk you through some of the stuff I saw and, uh, you know, uh, tell you some of the exciting stories uh, I experienced or so funny things I experienced over there. Nice, nice. Well, I guess we could start off with what was probably the the thing you noticed um, outside of the fact that you, you just said that it was like um, the second uh, post-pandemic show. Like, what did you know about the feeling of this show? 
and actually get into uh like what was the best thing you saw at the show once uh with that i think you know look i i i don't usually fly you know i flew in i got there early wednesday morning and the you know for those of you who don't know um the show officially goes from thursday through sunday uh but wednesday is what they call preview night which kicks off around 6 p.m runs from 6 to 9 p.m um it is a lot of people refer to that as shopping night right that that's actually like the prime time to go try to grab a bunch of exclusives or, or get some of the shopping done um before like a lot of the crowds come in um but even before then when i had dinner near the uh, in the gas lamp on fifth uh, which is the main fifth is the main drag that's like the main street that leads into the arch um and then leads to the convention center um I think the excitement was palatable. The there was, um, and I felt it last year too. But last year is just because of the, the way they did the lines. But this year, you kind of felt you know people were eating in the cafe restaurants or drinking the bars, and everyone knew like Comic Con was coming. And you know, in the past, I usually kind of flown in the afternoon, get to the hotel, and go head straight to preview night or something. But this time, like eating dinner out there. And then kind of walking to the show, the preview night with some people, um, the excitement was palatable. People were very excited. There was a great positive vibe. And, it, you know, what we noticed when we, you know, just hit the floor was just exclusive lines were, were everywhere. So they do a lot. They'll do a lot of lines within the floor, right, which is different from some cons. Not different, and there are a lot of volunteers kind of, you know, controlling the line. So there'll be signs going, hey, you know, end of the line, beginning of the line. Oh, this is a line break. And um, so I think one of the big things everyone noticed very quickly within on Wednesday and Thursday was because there's no Hall H, all those people who usually be lining up for Hall H or, or attending those panels were on the floor buying stuff. Okay. Right, and that's it's a logical, you know, that 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 that's basically a byproduct, as 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 you know what we were uh, talking. Well, we haven't brought that up, but obviously, as a byproduct of the ongoing dual strike with the uh, by the uh, Writers Guild of America and uh, SAG AFTRA, with a, a, a with fewer things going on in Hall H, it's interesting that all of the attendees rather than you know queuing to get into hall h were on the show floor buying to their heart's content yeah i talked to a lot of vendors and a lot of friends who sell stuff on the floor and they were saying you know i, I you know i usually ask them the next morning or that evening how you know how are things going are you are you selling stuff and people overall were were moving product um you know you you know all their reports you know you you know people were selling out of most booths have exclusives that are only sold that day, right? And they, they keep a certain allotment, so they, they have exclusives every day. And people were selling out within like 30 minutes, like an hour, two hours. Um, uh, you know, one of the hot ones was the uh, uh, Baby Yoda uh, Tamagotchi, and you can only buy one. And so the, those cleared out. The, those were probably the uh, – those cleared out every day very quickly. Wow. Um, you know, Hallmark always has the cool ornaments that cleared out. The, the Taylor Swift Golden Book sold out 
they sold out the entire supply Wednesday night. That's wow. I did not know that was a thing. I, I no I, I, will send you a, I will send both of you a copy. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, yeah. Ooh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's uh, the funny part about this. I don't. We don't. We don't always know when he, if he's joking because sometimes he has <laughs> he has done some things like that. oh yeah exactly what I was gonna say sometimes we get surprise packages right uh, at the door so so uh, but if we do, if, if something like that shows up to the toy you'll know we'll, we'll, we'll definitely <laughs> let y'all know so I was gonna tell you the second big thing um mm-hmm. big observation which I, I I think I previewed with you guys was it felt like a comic book show like. It was very comic book focused. And look, they had the big Yu-Gi-Oh booth. They had they had um, they had a lot. You know, Bob's Burgers had a great activation, and they had you know a lot of stuff dedicated to movies and TV shows. But it felt like a comic book show. Well, you know, these the Marvel booth was all about you know you know Marvel comics. The DC DC booth was back. You know, I I like bumped into Jim Lee like outside. I'm like. I don't know. I was checking my phone, and then all of a sudden, this like guy takes a picture with a kid, and I realized it was like Jim Lee. I was like, "Oh my god!" We chased after it, but I did it. Um, and you know, Skybound had their celebrating their 13th anniversary at the at the con and, and the 20th anniversary of uh, uh, I think Invincible and, and Walking Dead, and they they were uh, uh, they had their own booth this year uh, with a great setup. Um, but it, it felt very much, it felt very much like it was a celebration of comic books. And I, I even gotta say, like last year, Artist Alley was pretty sparse mm. over there in San Diego. I'll be honest with them; they they just don't do a great job with Artist Alley compared to something like New York Comic Con. Um, you know, Agent Seventy and I can spend, I think, the whole con walking around um, Artist Alley at New York Comic Con. So it's so wide and large, but. Right. They did a really. I thought they did a really. I, thought, I, I give credit to the organizer of San Diego this year. They it felt like they did a very nice job with um, Artist Alley, and then a lot of the more famous artists actually um, and writers bought little things to Artist Alley. You know, so you had like the Tom Taylor, and Nicola Scott were like sitting next to each other. You know, like Mitch Gerard had his own booth, like Riley Brown. Um, you know, people I traditionally had not seen have their own like separate booths that they might pay for had had, had areas. Hmm. Do you think that was a pivot because of the the uh, the 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 Hall H stuff being uh, brought down to kind of a minimum? I don't know because you, you know you, you have to plan for that in advance, right? And right. a lot of artists aren't going to just like show up with a week's notice over right. to San Diego Comic Con. It's a big endeavor. Um, Right, but considering they've had like a month and change now since the WGA went on strike, and I guess they they had maybe two two weeks notice uh, for the actor stuff. So you know it's hard you know it's hard to say. I, that was just conjecture on my part. I don't expect you to know, but just in case you did hear, since you know you you, you do have your ears to the ground sometimes when it comes to this stuff. So well, most most artists, you know, they, they do spend time preparing just to make sure they have enough stock of prints right. and books and things to sell. And then a lot of them will take pre-orders on artwork mm-hmm. and commissions. 
So um, it's all pre-wired. But I think the biggest issue is like it's it's more like those types of logistics as well as hotel room and they'll just drive there usually, right? But getting a hotel room on such short notice that's reasonable, right? You, 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 the I think the Comic Con rate, you know, you had to buy lock in months in advance was like three fifty a night, which is you know, as as a New Yorker, that's not that much. But you know, for some people, three fifty night is not cheap, right? You got to do a lot of sketches to pay for that. And yeah, um, so, uh, but I I thought it definitely felt like it was a comic book show. You think part of that could have been perhaps because of the big pushes that, um, well, I guess in this case, DC is doing with some of the stuff. You know, they got the whole Donna DC stuff going on at this form uh, at this point, and they're you know starting to launch a whole bunch of books, and you know Marvel kind of doing some stuff on this side, but on their side, but you know, um, you know, you think it could be because of that where they started to kind of put people uh, in in some separate spots. Yeah, no, I definitely think that was part of it. I definitely think that's part of it. Um, I think, uh, you know, it it felt, you know, the pendulum, you know, there's been so much pushback over the years, right, since like 15 years ago that TV, you know, TV and movie studios have, have taken over uh, Comic-Con and, I, uh, you know, look. Star Wars will always be a big part of it, and they, they have a big, they stuff their big booth in the center. And, but it, it just, I, I think um, Marvel and DC and, and, you know, the other publishers like Dark Horse can use to have a good, uh, you know, big presence there. Image has a big presence there. I think Tom McFarlane was signing everywhere, and I saw combo creators signing at a different retailer booth, booths. Um, I think that, you know, they, you know um, I think your your theory is correct, um, and it, it was definitely a big pu- push by the publishers. And look, you know, Dawn in DC is we haven't seen that since sort of like Rebirth, right? So it's right. nice to see um, all this creative energy uh, put in uh, somewhere, and they're not trying to do fifty two titles in a month. Yeah. Oh God. Don't, don't, don't remind us of that. Yeah, I was about to say. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> actually, yeah. Agent Seventy wasn't your favorite book. Uh, you know, Men of War. And, of course, uh, and, and and I vampire. Come on. Of course. Oh jeez. <laughs> but actually, speaking of um of of um publishers, was Skybound? Did Skybound kind of have anything for? Because you know they they're doing their the whole um shared universe, the, the whole Energon universe of theirs. Did they have something big at their at the show? So they had um they were selling uh varying covers. Um, for Void Rival, um, I think there was like a Jetfire. Mm, yeah, I saw uh, that one. And then they had a panel, which I missed. I, I was really excited. Uh, you, know, I, you know, they had um, the writers, they had Darren Warren Johnson. Uh, I'm pretty sure on that panel, I was like bummed that I, I kind of missed that. Um, you know, and they were pushing uh, WrestleQuest, right? They're pushing a lot of their games. You know, mm. Skybound has. Um, you know, expanding a lot into video games, so they're put you know pushing that a lot, and then they're also pushing their uh, new audio, the new season for their audiobook on uh, Audible. Mm-hmm. So, and they, they, the way their booth was set up, it was really nice. They had their you know they had interior offices, but then they had, they had their store, and their store line was just like always packed. And then they had a little, they set up a nice little mini panel area so they can like speak 
I've seen the setup before where you can have like three panelists and they can like kind of speak to the uh, exhibit floor, right? It, it, I saw Frank Miller, like uh, Frank Miller uh, in like 2019, kind of just like, I'm like walking around randomly, uh, randomly and he was like at the Warner Brothers booth, like speaking to like the crowd and like no one realized who he was for a second. That's so they had a nice setup like that. Right, right. Um. Oh, did you see the um the auto converting Grimlock anywhere? Oh my god! That's <laughs> oh my god! So we talked about that. Hold the hold that thought, Matt. <laughs> we talked about that last week, right? Because mm-hmm. we that we, uh, uh in time for the last week's show, that announcement came out, and I saw the price point. I saw that the pre order gives you, I think, a hundred dollar discount, right? So instead right. of seventeen hundred, it's sixteen hundred. But now you can tell us, please, what your impressions were of that. So the Hasbro booth is always a highlight. They have changed it, though, because, um, you know, now they've created Pulse, uh, the Pulse, um, and they have HasLab. And in the past, for about a decade, like the Hasbro booth was like one of the you know, hardest exclusives to get, right? You have to get online, and then you line up, and you get all these cool exclusives. So now what they've done is they've got a little stage and they, they give you, you can line up to get a little code and you can order stuff. And then they've actually set up a separate exclusives area in um, that was off, that was in the gas lamp, which I went to. And that had like a museum piece that had like old toys, but then had like current toys and there's some, you know, three titan transformers and they were selling lightsabers you know the, the high-end ones the one that cost you like 300 bucks and there's only all this cool stuff over there sorry and then now this is a and now they had six grimlocks that they were like displaying and they were like turning on and they had their staff there showing them and they were really cool <laughs> i was like i will never you know they're i think they're cooler than the optimus primes that transform but um, I, 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 you know, look. If you said they were like one hundred and sixty dollars, I'd be like, yeah, sure. I'd right. probably like splurge on that. But one hundred and sixty is nothing. You, we would have bought that already. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it was really awesome. It was like, you know, the dream we always had as a kid. But um, yeah, right. that price point. I, uh, but it was it, it was really cool to see in action. We were there, <laughs> and it was definitely drawing crowds. Oh yeah! Okay. I, I, listen, I know it's still going to be on display. They're going to display it at New York Comic Con. I cannot wait to see that in person. <laughs> the, but the, I've noticed Hasbro hasn't had a booth at New York Comic Con for a while, so you hmm. might not get to see it in person. Sorry. Well, there might no, but at the end of the day, some you know there there might be some some feature you know some they they may feature it somehow. That's my. I, hopefully, you know there'll be a panel. I, I will say that they do a really nice job of displaying all their new toys and the upcoming toys. Like you know, they'll have right. uh, you know Power Rangers, Transformers, GI Joe. They do a really nice job. Right. I want to say Hasbro has had a booth because we've seen Has Labs on display at New York Comic Con. Yeah, so I, that's why I. That's why in the past. Almost you're right. In the past, they definitely have. I just I can't think of anything currently. Right. But, I don't know if they did it last year. I think they did. Because you know, and 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 just to just to refresh everyone's memory, the last couple of New York Comic Cons post pandemic, or as the pandemic has receded a little, have been very anime and manga heavy. 
because those publishers and companies are buying a lot of the space that some of the American uh, uh, companies and publishers would normally take. So, you know, maybe that's what's kind of skewing both my memory and uh, uh, at Matt Wang 97's memory. But I'm pretty sure um, Hasbro has had a presence because I've seen, you know, the latest Marvel Legends on display in display cases. So that's what I that's what that's that's what I remember. I may be misremembering, but you know what? You know what? You know what I always say. Boy, I'm too old for this shit. So you know, um, uh, and, and Matt and I are basically the same age. So you know, I'm older than they are. So yeah. exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, you know, it's. Um, I think the other one of the other big presences on the floor was. Sorry, the anime, manga, book publishers, but then you know the Japanese toy companies like Gundam. Last two years, I realized Gundam, Bandai. Yeah, Bandai Bandai. takes up a lot of space now. Yeah, taking up a lot, and there's you know good lines. There's like there's like Bandai Namco like toy line, which had a long line, and then you had a separate area with no line with model kits, and then um, I love these guys, Kobayashi. The they. They, they do uh, figurines. They they had a big presence. You yeah. know who wasn't there this year? Who's um, they announced that I think a month before the show. Sideshow did not come. Oh, interesting. There's a big physical footprint not there. Sideshow collectibles. Oh, that's mm. they usually have a huge area with beautiful figures. Right. Um, I was gonna yeah I was gonna ask you how the how the how the uh, anime presence was there. So you you uh, took. Took care of that. Uh, I'm going to remind folks, uh, either listening or watching the show live, actually more listening to the show than than live, but if you happen to come across the video after the fact, in the clickbait section, there are going to be um, walkthroughs and, and of the Hasbro pearls uh, of several uh, booths and whatnot that they have, uh, like the Transformers stuff, or, you know, or and a couple of panels. Actually. I think there was a booth tour and a couple of... Um, panel recaps for Transformers and G.I. Joe and some other stuff, So and Marvel Legends. So you can check that out in the show notes uh, when you get uh, the chance to. Um, the Star Wars booth, um, the theme was Ahsoka. And yeah, they had a great presence. They were, you know, I lined up to get a shirt. You know, they have these like... Uh, fancy dress they have like dress shirts and i have a funny story so um i was at a little uh, event um uh on thursday night and um you know someone i met earlier that day shows up we are literally wearing the same star wars exclusive like fancy shirt (laughs) and you do the the spider-man point (laughs) We, we, we did a little fist bump it was like it's just like very like understated Tatooine theme shirt, and we were just like laughing about that. So nice, 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 nice. nice, nice. What did you get into? Okay, go ahead. I was about to say, you ask your question, then I'll jump into mine. Okay, I was gonna ask you, did you get anything good uh, for yourself from the show? Um, I got, I got the the Friday. Was it the Friday exclusive? The Thursday exclusive shirt was this like gaudy like Yoda shirt that I didn't want, but I had the Friday exclusive. Um, it looks like a rodeo shirt, but it's like a Mythosaurus. Um, it's a Marvel like Rebels. Um, the thing I should have gotten that I now regret 
I didn't really know about it was the the gym, like they had Marvel Jim Lee X Men um, uh, branded Kith sneakers, which I'm now seeing the emails about, and that's my buddy got those. I was like, oh, I should have waited online for those. Like um, those, I regret not getting. I got the Peanuts booth. There's a Peanuts booth um, run by like the Charles Schultz Foundation. And there's always a long line for that. And I, I lined up for that because they had, look, it was a Camp Snoopy theme. I got a bunch of T-shirts there and for my wife and my kids and stuffed animals and cool cool stuff there. Um, and I encourage anyone to go. Like the, the Peanuts booth there, and then there's an outside Peanuts activation with other stuff. They're always really cool. Um, Super 7, you might recognize Super 7. They, they, they're in like New York, they're at a lot of the cons. Um, they have great branded stuff. They have great um, uh, licenses. So, got a Transformers and Peanut stuff there, uh, and then you know, supporting some other independent vendors. I got a lot of T-shirts this year. Wow! Um, but you would like it because I, I was uh, very on brand all the time. Like at Comic Con, I'm always trying to wear like themed clothes or or genre clothes. So I have my Suicide Squad blood sports sneakers um you know yoda baby yoda socks from last year and uh i think i was wearing a transformer shirt nice <laughs> nice 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 i was about to say i saw, i don't know if we have i did not see it but i only scroll very quickly through our news i saw um when the news on the kith uh collab dropped like the x-men the marvel x-men and kith collab dropped because some of those because it's with asics Right, some of those beautiful are incredible looking. I'm not a Kith person. I know. Shout out to Eclectic, uh, who is gigantic on Kith, but um, you know, some of those Asics sneakers that drop, some of the colorways that they that they design to to coincide with some uh, X Men related colors are really look nice. I really have a soft spot for. Wolverine's uh, like dark, like dark maroon and tan costume, and that colorway of that sneaker is incredible. I was like, "Yo, I may need to cop that," and I get the chance. I, you know, it's one of those things that you feel bad about wearing outside, but you have to. So, oh yes, you know, but um, but no, I definitely like that. But I wanted to ask Matt something that is a unique experience that not everyone who goes to San Diego has. You told us in the pre-production meeting that you were in fact a participant, a presenter on a panel. Please tell us about that and what that was like for you as a, as a longtime fan of comics and you know a longtime uh, attendee of various comic cons. Um, it was a dream, a dream come true. Um, you know, the origins were, you know, I, I, um, you know, partnered up with a, an old friend who I'd known for years. Uh, you know, and we knew each other from the convention circuit and we met through mutual comic book friends and he's, a, a you know, my friend Bruce, he's a partner at a law firm. And, you know, last year, he, he, you know, after we attended, we're like, maybe we should, you know, do something together, maybe be on a panel, you know, um, and be, you know, um, you know, maybe host some people for some drinks and, um, you know, bring some of our clients or invite people over. And 
So we start talking, you know, months ago, and 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 his you know members of his team, you know, you know, reached out to um, San Diego, uh, the organizers of San Diego Comic Con, and they put together a panel that, and they were so gracious to invite me to be uh, to participate in. Um, they call it, I, I think it was called your comic book origin, your superhero origin. And it was like, how to start your own comic book company. And we, you know, we had two partners, Bruce and uh, his fellow partner. Um, and they were really talking about the legal aspects of or forming your own company and, and things to think about, um, especially when you're trying to partner up with someone. Uh, I came in to give a little business and financial perspective. And then they invited um, our friend, Joe, who is the uh, founder on um, president of Zenoscope Comics. And then uh, during the panel, we actually brought his co-founder up on stage too, because we were kind of picking on him a lot, but it was great. It was, it was not in the convention center. It was, uh, you know, sometimes they do panels outside. So we were put in sort of like the, uh, you know, you, you look at it different ways. Like I, I looked at it as it wasn't so crowded and you could look at it as like, it was the, you know, we got the B, the, the B location, but, um, we had like 30 people and I wasn't expecting that. Um, it was, it, 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 you know, we got great questions. I thought the content was great. We really outlined, it, it was really about entrepreneurship and, and you had a lot of people in the audience who really wanted to think about starting a company. How do I do it? Um, things to think about resources available. And, you know, I had some wonderful conversations with people after the panel, just giving them some advice, but, yeah, it was a dream come true. I, I, you know, I have a, I have a pick. You know, my name was up there. Um, uh, you know, I yes, you have your name on a placard. I saw yeah, the picture. Yeah, that amazing. I brought that to my office. I'll, I'll hang that up proudly. And um, it, 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 yeah, it was, it, it was wonderful. It was a dream come true. At the end, I when, I, when we were saying final words, I, I was saying, as someone who's come to this show since like two thousand four, um, to actually be on a panel was. You know, I, I thanked everyone for attending because it, it was, uh, you know, as I said, a dream come true. So, just as a quick as, uh, as a quick uh, uh, quick note, this uh, this panel was also offered as a continuing legal education course <laughs> for lawyers, and there is, you know, something similar offered at New York Comic Con, offered by, I'm assuming, different people, you know, like other practitioners. And uh, I I haven't found the urge, sometimes the scratch, to pay for the CLE credit. But, you know, because this stuff's not free. Uh, but, you know, I'm tempted to maybe take the, the, take the course this year at New York Comic Con. Of course, it does, you know, entail not being on the show floor on, you know, for those particular hours. But you know, we'll see. You but know. you know, my, I think we were only slated for forty-five minutes, right? So, um, but I and I think I, I thought I think I know that um, I that that the the gentleman who runs the the one in New York Comic Con, he's been doing that on the show for like over a decade. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's what that's that's what I'm familiar with. Like it, he does it, and I think you get like at least an hour, if not like an hour and a half, or an hour or two hours. I think it runs for almost like an hour and forty minutes. It's like a long program. That's a long. That's yeah. That's, yeah, because yeah, there's multiple presenters. You know, there's multiple aspects to it. But you know, you got to pay for those CLE credits. You gotta you gotta rack them up somehow. You know. But we can't take you off the artist alley floor. 
I know, I know. Listen, I, <laughs> New York Comic Con is coming, uh, you know, faster than 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 we expect it to. So, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we'll see how that goes. You know, you know, when I say it's about to come fast and furious, you know, I, I, mean, I thought it's faster than a locomotive, but you know, whatever. Yeah, you know, I live my life a quarter mile at a time. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, in any event, uh, so I think what we can do now, unless you have, uh, unless you have some closing thoughts on uh, your experience at the con, we can talk some of the San Diego news that came out, and you can and you can uh, you know stay you know stay on with us as we go through these news stories. I love I love to say on I you know I think the final piece I I, I like to say that um, is. You know, people were spending money. It was great. It was great to support the retailers, especially the independent ones, the smaller ones out there. You know, it, it, the restaurants were packed. And, um, you know, I think one thing we noticed was that all the different types of restaurants were packed. So mm. you know, when you have this big Hollywood presence come to the show, you know, they, you know, they're staying at the nice hotels and eating the nice restaurants. But, you know, all the taco joints were packed. All the pizza places were packed. I, I can't eat California pizza, but I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Shots fired, but so true. <laughs> you know, I don't. I you know, I yeah. It's like I'm not gonna get a bagel, but you know, in California either. But or they they call them bagels, but they're not really bagels. They're not really bagels. Uh, did you did you? It, it was just the... nice to see all parts of the economy benefit. Right. Did you did you rectify the pizza situation where you are now? Oh no, you know I. So I, for I, I'm in Chicago tonight, and um, I I I was tempted to get deep dish pizza. And, <laughs> um, I, I I unfortunately will not. But the next time I'm here, I will. I I, I do love a deep dish pizza, and you, you just sacrilege, <laughs> <laughs> blasphemy. <laughs> The two New Yorkers I'm talking with. That's why you got to bring the stuff up. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to go ahead and get into the news. Uh, How about go ahead and uh, actually hitting up an ad read before we do that? No problem. Our first ad read of the night is for Blue Apron's meal delivery service. Blue Apron has fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door. Skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home with Blue Apron. Always ship free right to your home. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order. To place your first order with $30 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcasts free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue Apron through cspn.us. Do it today. All right, and now we get into the news. All right, folks, cinematic, as we tend to do. Yeah, we're going to get around to uh, Secret Invasion after the fact, and we're going to get to the books, but we're going we're gonna to blow through this because, like I said, we want to get as much time with Matt as, uh, as we can. So, The Marvels reveals new trailer. Matt, have you seen it? Uh-oh. Oh, yeah, I was on mute. Oh, Sorry. Okay. Yes. What do you think? Because I know Agent 70 hasn't seen it yet, and I've seen it, so... I I think it 
definitely gave you obviously gave you more insight into um, the plot of the movie. I think this is the first time we saw the big bad. Um, I, as someone who really enjoyed the Miss Marvel uh, Disney Plus series, and I'm excited to, to, to have it on ABC so other people can really enjoy it. Um, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, I look, I enjoyed the first Captain Marvel movie. I think this is actually going to be so much better just because of the, the three characters and the interactions. Um, and, uh, you know, and the, you know, look, uh, who doesn't love a Samuel L. Jackson movie? So <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah. So, uh, so and the other reason why we're not talking about secret invasion yet, because Matt has not seen any of it and we don't want to, you know, yeah, potentially uh, spoil anything for the, for the end of it. Yeah. But you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm still looking forward to, uh, the Marvels. Hold on to your butts. So anyway, next up, uh, Marvel studios, X-Men 97 had an update, uh, featured at uh san diego comic-con so um at the designing the x-men uh, uh this week in marvel special event panel audience members were surprised by guests from the upcoming animated show marvel studios x-men 97 which will be on disney plus joining the panel were executive producer Bo uh, DeMeo, supervising producer jake castorina and larry houston director and producer of the original x-men the animated series and they were sharing exclusive details about the show and uh you know that's that's pretty cool that uh uh you know they're they're really teasing that they're really putting in a lot of obviously nostalgia evoking stuff into this but also uh you know it, it seems like uh they are you know just really pushing this you know they're, they're doing an entire x-men marvel legends line yeah, we'll uh, in, in, in honor of this. And I know we'll have another uh, news story on that, but it's, it's pretty cool that uh, X-Men 97 is getting this push. Well, it's, it's for a lot of people, this is the seminal X-Men team for them. This is their mm-hmm. seminal X-Men experience, right? This is mm-hmm. what they grew up with. This was the guys. So, it, yeah, it makes a lot of sense, right? It's sort of, um, you know, people older than us, for them, it was sort of the... Chris Claremont, John Byrne, X Men, and right. they'll always point to that, right? right. And for for a whole generation of X Men fans, the the cartoon is how they came in. Right. You know, you know look, you know, hope, hopefully, you know, the Hellfire Club Gala will be the reason why this generation of uh, readers will be pulled into the X Men. Oh, this one's going to be talked about for <laughs> certain. We ain't spoiling it because Matt has not read this week's. It's Hellfire Gala 2023. Like one panel that they showed in the news article. Mm. Dude, there's so much more than one panel. Like that's just one aspect. When you look at News Rama, I'm like, damn it. When I say when I say there's so much more, I that is not an understatement. I just I just downloaded it. Like so I'm gonna read it tonight before I go to bed. So all right. I like how you're still calling I like how you still call it a newsarama when when they've done the whole uh, I know they still have the branding there, but I know they they've kind of been taken on the games radar's um wing. Right. <laughs> always be, always be newsarama to me. I still type in newsarama, I don't type in Exactly. Fair enough. Yeah. I Fair get enough. it, I get it. All right. Oh uh, I, next I, I see the panel you're talking about too. Interesting. Um yeah. Oh, real quick! Shout out to uh, Binge Games too, uh, who's who's in in the chat and and told me about an, an audio issue. Appreciate you. Thank you for being here as always. 
been a minute. Thank you. Um, Marvel Studios announces its historic Hulu debut for MCU show. That show is the, the uh, aforementioned Secret Invasion for some strange reason. Uh, so um, actually, it is uh, the first three episodes are on um, Hulu as we speak because they went on there on July twenty first. Uh, this comes from uh, the Marvel Studios um, uh, uh, Twitter from a few days ago, so that's why that. Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. Yeah. So I heard, have... I heard Paul back, the Power Scroll, was the one who tweeted about it. <laughs> <laughs> he wishes. Um, but the final three episodes are going to air on August the 12th. So, oh, wait, I'm sorry. This says, oh, no, that's Miss Marvel. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, Secret Invasion is starting on the, the first three on July 21st. Uh, and there's no word when the rest of it's, well, I guess they're doing them bit by bit because it says the first five. So I guess, um, because this is the final, uh, I guess, uh, it is probably on there at this point. So if you don't have Disney Plus and you got Hulu, there you go. Synergy, folks. Next up. Next up. So the Transformers also returned to San Diego Comic-Con with a panel dedicated to the Paramount Plus series Transformers Earthspark. And what's to come as it wraps up its first season later this month. So there is a batch of seven episodes that remain. And they're apparently going to come out all at once on July 28th, which is tomorrow as of the date of this recording. No matter how, you, I, I, I can't wait talking start, I can't about start it. So. Oh, you haven't started yet. It's okay. That's what I was about to ask. You don't just want to. I, I, yeah, I, I really did enjoy the last cartoon they, the, the last um, cartoon that was out, the Transformers cartoon that had like three seasons. What was it, Cyberverse? Yeah, Cyberverse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that one. But I mean, I'm really excited for this one. The animation looks great, and you know, I, I, I hopefully it'll bring a, a new generation of uh, Transformers fans. It's geared towards young kids. I'm trying to get my kids to watch it. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I, I have to check it out. I was kind of. The art style is great, but I haven't had the chance to, to check it out either, so we'll see. Um, next up, Matt, Matt's gonna ha- Matt's gonna have to have have to have me over because I'm not gonna spring for yet another streaming service. I think. Look, you, you know what you gotta do, um, and you, 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 you sign up with the ad for the ad version, right? And then, um, because that's like actually pretty. That's like real. It's pretty reasonable. You you can also get a deal on that too. But just like right. try to talk to a human, and you'll get a good deal. Got it, got it, got it. All right, all right, Roddy Cat. Watch next. Uh, Invincible season two poster shows twenty four returning characters, but no Omni Man. I'm going to take this next one after that since it's, since it's also related. Um, you got it. Because at Comic Con we got a little uh, season two update. Uh, we now know when it's going to happen. And we actually, I'm um, take the one after that too because it's also related. So, um, you might as well take the one after that because that one's Star Trek. I ain't trying. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He's, he's really not kidding. <laughs> but so, okay, season two um, is happening later this year. I believe in November. I think it is. Yeah, November third. We're only getting four episodes uh, to start off with. But before that, and folks may know this by now, there was a special episode based um, um, surrounding uh, the character Adam Eve that is out there on Prime as we speak. 
So that came that dropped earlier. Um, like I said, the first half is going to be on Prime on November third, and the second half looks to be coming the second half of twenty twenty four. Um. Uh, but but no actual date outside of that outside of late twenty twenty four, and that's that. It was funny. I was hearing, um, through through uh. There's some people I know that there's like something special that Skybound was going to announce on Friday, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, I, I was really excited when they announced the Adam and uh, Adam Eve episode. So um, yeah, I, I'm excited for season two. If it, if it's, well, I think it's going to be great. I thought the first season was everything; uh, it was true to the comic and added something new to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot to mention there was a trailer that was uh, out there for not only the Adam Eve uh, special, but that's out there. But for season two. Uh, in which, um, yes, there was. You don't. You can rest your rest your fears. There, you will. You will either see or hear some Omni Man. Um, uh, but you can check out the trailer for yourself for for for, for that sort of stuff. They seem to be getting a little more. They're not getting a harder edge because obviously that show was already violent. But they're they're pretty much um, <laughs> they're they're pretty much doubling down on what they've been doing with that show. Seems like based on that trailer. So yeah, it should be good stuff. Next up, uh, and, and, and the trailer had all the they showed all the new voices in season two. Yes, voice actor, which, which was really cool. Yeah, it was like a gang of new voices uh, that's going to be in season two. So I don't actually I don't I don't remember if they said anything about how many uh, episodes it's going to be, but uh, I, I can double back around that. What we're talking about the next one? Well, not to- I was about to say they don't have a total, but that next story that you're about to read talks about that. What, oh, the the fourth story. Um, Oh, okay. So it says, well, it looks like there's a lot of speculation in here, but I don't see anything about any uh, any um, uh, episode counts, though. Mm-hmm. So just and, and I would already talked about the fact that we're only getting four until the until the next year. So that was that. But yeah, you, you can push on to the next one. All right. So, uh, you know, while, as we mentioned earlier, there are there were not there were no actors or big casting announcements at San Diego Comic-Con. Paramount Plus found a way to uh, surprise fans with a surprise drop of the next episode of Star Trek Strange New Worlds, which came out, which was released basically five days early. The episode also happens to be the very anticipated crossover episode featuring the live action version of some of the cast of Star Trek Lower Decks. So apparently it was a fun time to be had. I'm not watching this. Roddy Cat can weigh in and Matt, you (laughs) are free to weigh in as well. I I, I actually have watched it twice already. (laughs) Oh, the crossover? Huh. The, the episode, yes, right. I've watched it twice already, and I I, sh- I I apologize. I'm not wearing my Ritos T-shirt, so I'm big lower deck fan. My sister, my sister is a big Star Trek fan, and she got me a Ritos T-shirt. Nice, so, uh, very excited. <laughs> didn't I didn't pitch you for a lower decker, but okay, that's that's all, that's all good. <laughs> but I haven't. So yeah, I haven't watched the the crossover yet. In fact, I just finished watching season one of uh, Lower Decks, like probably a couple of days uh, prior to us recording. So I haven't, 
I don't know. I have some weird compulsion where it's like I kind of go through. I have to go through it in some 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 of, the, of an order, like um. And I haven't watched any of Stranger New Warway yet, Strange New Worlds yet, so I haven't seen it. I've just been seeing clips of this thing. I'm like, okay, I'm curious as to how they did this. I mean, I've seen the trailer, so I get how they get to where they where where things happen. So I was like, okay, sure, that makes sense. But outside of that, I haven't seen what happens in the episode. But I'm looking forward to checking it out. It's, it, it, yeah, it, it's really it. You know, they both shows show their love of Star Trek, mm-hmm. and and they pay homage, right? So you know, as you watch, you know. Whenever I watch an episode of Lower Decks, I, I, I've been my sister and I have been Star Trek fans, you know, throughout, you know, since the original series. So, you know, we will we will look at like you know you go to fandom, you go to you know um, other sites, and you ask for look for all the Easter eggs. You're like, wow, I didn't know that. Like, I, I even watched I've even watched the animated series, right? So, right. Which is actually this is kind of the funny thing about lower decks. Like I kind of like it, but there's a part of me that kind of just doesn't want to like it because it feels and and, and this is kind of wrong for, to say this, but it feels kind of Rick and Morty ish, but it's not really. Um, but, but the, the the writers and Tawny Newsom, she's a big Star Trek fan. Like she right. like you know, and you feel the love for the the brand. Totally, and it's totally referential, and that's what that's the kind of part what makes it funny. But all you know, because it's like it's completely referential, and and the, like 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 Matt said, they do have the love for it. So it's just kind of funny where to just kind of drop a, a one off hint if you're into that kind of stuff. I know some people don't like referential humor like that that much. And, and don't forget the guest stars. That will yes. yes, 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 yes. Um, that though the one at the end of uh, season one was kind of kind of uh, amusing, but I had heard about that one. I just hadn't seen it, so I was like, okay, that was that was pretty cool. Have you been? Have you had? Have you checked out the uh, Star Trek ongoing uh, comic or in uh, Defiant? Have you checked out either one of those? No, I really. I'm a big Deep Space Nine guy, so I, I, I think I pick up the trades. Okay. So I'm, you know, big Cisco uh, fan. So I've, uh, I'm Bob Diamond uh, 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 talked about, but I do have a, now that reminds me of a San Diego Comic Con story. Okay. So I, I was talking to someone who worked. Um, for a company that had the Star Trek license or has it now. And uh, that person was describing how they had to just dis- to explain to um, someone, a business exec, um, the, the two parallel timelines mm. from, the, from the movie. Gotcha. So okay. there was a chart, there was a whiteboard involved and then the rest of us at dinner were like, Oh wait, so you had to do that and that. And, <laughs> So it was a very Comic Con conversation, right? With the, with the string attached, and I was like, "No, see, this happened here." Da, 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 da. Yeah. Like, okay. yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Um, I would have liked to have seen that actually. <laughs> I would have liked to have seen the explanation of this of that. But um, there was one other thing I was going to say about lower decks or whatever. But whatever, we'll get to that later. Um, I when you when you get to the trade because I know the the first trade for the for the uh, the. The ongoings. I don't know if the finance out, but I know the first trade for the uh, for the uh, first uh, first arc of uh, Star Trek is out. So it'll be, and I don't know if you know there there's a crossover that's happening between them as, as we speak. So, yeah. but um, anyway, next up, um, Stranger Worlds is getting a musical episode. <laughs> so once more with feeling, if if y'all know that reference, if somebody <laughs> knows that reference, the trailer is good for that. The trailer is good for that episode. 
So it references speaking of DS9, it references DS9 that I vaguely remember. I had to go back and watch that. Or or or, or kind of pulled that up. It was like I vaguely remember that scene they're talking about. Like I remember parts of it, but I don't remember when they when they broke out in the song or whatever, but it wasn't as exact as that. But yeah, I can see where, where they got that from. That's gonna be weird, but it's gonna but it but it looks like it's gonna be fun. So and yeah. It'll be the first the first time that a Star Trek that Star Trek uh, has had a musical episode, a full musical episode. Next Thursday. Yep. 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 Which is kind of the thing that kind of makes me want to catch up with uh, Strange New World. For some stupid reason, I went back to art for to uh, Enterprise, and I didn't have oh. to when I should have just skipped to Discovery. But <laughs> the um, uh, look, you know, look, you got to deal with the temporal war, okay? So I know, you know. I know, because I didn't care. Yeah, because I watched the first season. I remember watching the first season, so for some reason, I don't know why I went back to that. And second season, when that all that kind of kicked off, so I was like, yeah, I got to, I got to do it to myself. And then I go into Discovery and. And strange worlds. So it's it's going to be a weird time in the next month or so. Uh, speaking of strange worlds, all right. So are we back to the news? <laughs> yes. I just have to just check completely out. <laughs> I was like, uh, you know what? I'm I'm literally browsing social media. All right. Next up, uh, the this is these are I guess minor spoilers. The Transformers GI Joe crossover movie is firmly. Uh, uh, a, uh, a Transformer sequel. So, um, all right, let's see here. Uh, so, yeah, spoiler alert for a recent movie. Uh, as a matter of fact, take the next one because it's definitely uh, uh, related to this. Okay. Uh, Transformers Rise of the Beast is now on Paramount Plus. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you want to see how um, no how that, for me not to watch this. Uh, <laughs> wait, which is yeah, exactly. So I saw it out there when before I saw this, and I was like, "Huh, that's weird," because this because that movie just came out like earlier this month or something like that. It hasn't been that long. Um, but hey, I'm I'm not complaining because I have not seen any of those movies, or right. fully because I think yeah. I watched the first Transformers, but then I, I just like, no, it's just crazy. Um, right, but you are also a subscriber of Paramount this Plus. This is also so. true, yes. So, yeah. So, if you um, were looking to see Transformers Rise of the Beef and you want to know how that last um, article that Agent 70 mentioned comes about, yeah, you may want to check that out. Have you watched uh, it, uh, Matt? Oh, I, I know what the spoiler is. Yeah. I, I, I haven't watched the movie yet. I kind of waited until it showed up on Paramount Plus. Right. So. All right. Uh, next up, going to Star Wars. The Star Wars Acolyte, no oh Lord, Acolyte. I can say the word. I promise. Uh, says that the series will feature more Jedi than ever before. So, what little we know about uh, the Acolyte is that I believe it is set during the High Republic phase uh, era. So, yeah, that's going to be that would stand to be the case. Um, let's see. The showrunner Leslie Headland opened uh, recently appeared on the Dagobah Dispatch podcast. And she talked about the series and how setting the timeline at the end of the High Republic allowed for more Force users to appear. And there's a quote here that I'm just going to just let uh, say, uh, say there. If you're watching the video version, you can see it. But um, you can also check it out in the show notes. Next up. All righty. Uh, the Walking Dead, Daryl Dixon's season debut trailer unveiled at San Diego. Look at that. It's going to premiere Sunday, September 10th at 9 p.m. on AMC and AMC+. 
the, the only thing that's the Walking Dead is that franchise at this point. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's still listen, it's still trucking. Yeah, still trucking, and it still has fans. So I, I know a couple. Yeah, so I bless them. Um, listen, there's wait, isn't that the the New York one is still out there, right? Um, for, is that Fear City? I think so. I I, I can't remember. Yeah, I haven't watched any of that stuff. So I, they just had the season finale. Right. Um, yeah. I, I've, I haven't watched the show. I just know they they were just like. I'll try to avoid spoilers for that. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that's right. I don't, I don't watch the show. I, I I don't know why I'm avoiding spoilers, but I don't, I don't watch it. But. Yeah, none of us watch it either, so I don't feel don't feel bad. <laughs> uh, next up, though, Johnny Cage fights Evil Cultus and Bloody Eighties Tens Mortal Kombat Legends Cage Match Red Band Trailer. That's a lot in one one swoop. Apparently, Joel McHale is playing Johnny Cage in this animated uh, film. Which is going to be R-rated and comes out October seventeenth of this year. So yeah, uh, I guess I, I don't know how many more of those Mortal Kombat Legends ones because I know they did one on Sub Zero and uh, and um and um and Scorpion. So I guess they're just going down the line, you know. And Mortal Kombat One's coming out, so maybe that has some slight to do with it, but probably not. Next up. All right, Barbenheimer was really more than just a meme. It was, in fact, a full-fledged box office phenomenon. Over this past weekend, moviegoers turned out in force. For Greta Gerwig's neon-coded fantasy comedy Barbie, which smashed expectations with $155 million to land the biggest debut of the year. But they also showed up to see Christopher Nolan's R-rated historical drama Oppenheimer, which collected a remarkable $80.5 million in its opening weekend. So I have not watched either one yet. My plans fell through on Oppenheimer. I think Roddy Cat is still not up on either of these movies, right? That is correct. Right. And uh, given that, uh, Matt, you've been pretty busy this last week, I don't think you've watched them, but... You know, I'm not going to assume. Have you watched either of these movies yet? No, but I, I think I, you know, on my queue, I'll probably put Barbie ahead of Oppenheimer, just for the, yeah, yeah. That that movie looks to be is going to be bonkers uh, in the way that I'd rather see more than Oppenheimer. It's kind of funny because I know people have criticizing Oppenheimer because of historical inaccuracies. I'm sitting like, really? It's a, <laughs> it's a Christopher Nolan movie. What are you expecting? It's not a documentary. Come on. Right, 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 right. Anywho, you know, also, I, I definitely heard Oppenheimer definitely had, uh, you know, they, they were trying to inception some type of like time travel thing in there. So that would be real funny. They try to tie all that together. <laughs> that would be real funny. Also worth noting if in this article, both did better than uh, Mission Impossible Seven and Fast uh, uh, Fast X. Well, no surprise on Fast X. But yeah, no Impossible Seven is a little surprising. Yeah. Anyway, next up, um, <clears throat> the Continental Peacock sets um, release date for a three-part John Wick prequel series, and that is going to be September twenty-second when that premieres. Um, it says episode two will debut on the September twenty-ninth, and the final episode will hit uh, the streamer on October sixth. Uh, if anybody from Peacock wants to give us some, uh, you know, some 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 free codes to get in there. That's great. Actually, it's I mean it's free, but I doubt that's going to be under the free part. Right, 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 right. All righty. Next up, 
Batman, Mask of the Phantasm, the 1993 animated movie that did, in fact, get a theatrical release, has now been remastered for 4K Blu-ray. It's available for pre-order right now at several retailers, and it will launch on September 12th. The pre-order costs $33.99, except for Target, where it's apparently $7 cheaper at $26.99, and it comes with the 4K UHD Blu-ray disc as well as a digital code to watch the film on other devices. All right. That's that's actually kind of weird for Target, honestly. <laughs> yeah, straight up. But hey, if you haven't seen Mask of the Fantastic, it's a damn good uh, um, movie. Uh, right, and if you're a big fan, you it might be worth owning. Yeah, absolutely. I think at my parents' house, I think I think they I think I saw the VHS of this. Mm-hmm. I I love this movie. Yeah, I think I might have it back there somewhere behind me somewhere. Um, so, I, 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 I can spoil. I can spoil the voice of Phantasm, right? It's been sure, it's, it's been, it's been like over twenty five years, right? Yeah. So I'm not sick. Dana Delaney, right? She's awesome. Right. Yes. 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 yes, yes. Say, of, of China Beach fame. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Who wow. remembers that oh, show? She, she was just on. Um, speaking of Paramount Plus, um, have you watched King of Tulsa? With Sylvester Stallone, she's I in it. But I said that's right. I did see that she was on there, though. So yeah, it, it's 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 good. It's it, you know add another show to your queue. Nice. It's another reason why I, Agent Seventy. I'll just add you to my counter. <laughs> we didn't hear that online in the no, public. No, program. no, no. That's never going to go. No, you're allowed to. You're allowed to. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's well, interesting. I didn't know that. Well, wait. So they're no, not doing legal. like they're not doing like Netflix and, and barring. It's not password sharing. You're just adding someone to the account. Well, no, uh-huh. yeah, because I know you could do that, but I know I don't know if they had, didn't have any kind of stipulations on, like I said, doing the the whole IP thing or whatever. Right. Okay, good to know. Yeah. Um, Alrighty. Speaking of Paramount, though, uh, go Ninja, go Ninja, go, because uh, apparently. Vanilla uh, Ice, who we just talked about last week, by the way, uh, song Ninja Rap is going to be in this upcoming uh, TMNT Mutant Mayhem animated uh, movie that's coming out next month. Which, you know what? Sure. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> yeah. I would be probably more upset if it didn't. Now, granted, I had no designs to watch that movie uh, all, you know, in the, in the theaters, but I'd be probably more upset if it didn't show up. That's funny. That's funny. All right. Next up, uh, Netflix's Gamera Rebirth has been has had its release date announced with a trailer and a poster. So uh, this premiere is going to be on Netflix later this year. Uh, so this was announced during uh, the Kadokawa during a particular panel uh, f- at uh, San Diego Comic Con. So. Let's see here. Looking for the date. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Where the heck is the date? Is that in the article? Wait, I thought it was. Um, did I miss it? September 7th. Ah, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. September 7th on Netflix. <clears throat> I, I was going to... Uh, reference uh, Mr. Science Theater, but I'm going to let uh, I'm going to let that go. But some of y'all already know where I was going to go with that. Uh, next up, though, we get into the anime corner. 
Oh, we're getting to Anime Corner. We're going to premiere a slightly new but very retro transition here. Hit it. Love it. Love it. Um, Bleach Anime finally reveals Shinji's Bankai. So this is from uh, Bleach Thousand Year Blood War, which I still haven't seen it, but it's still uh, working its way through to, um, uh, to I guess through part two, um, uh, of the core or or the uh, the season. Uh, so apparently, uh, Shinji's Bankai made its debut in a light novel spinoff, but never made it to the manga. But now fans will be able to check out uh, this particular Bankai. Uh, in action, which is, I guess, pretty useful if you're trying to stop a fight. Let's just say I'll I'll let that be that. But fans of the anime, or excuse me, fans of the light novel and uh, manga probably already know what it is. Next up, all right. Next up, Fooly Cooly FLCL Grunge sets a release date with the first trailer. So please don't bury the date in this article, article writers. So it uh, so. Fully Cooly Grunge will be kicking off its run with the Tsunami programming block on September 9th. All right. And they're always going to bury it, so do people, because I think people are going to read it, um, which should read it sometimes, folks. People, people take effort to do this stuff, but. Also, stop burying stuff so deep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seriously. All right, next up. Shinichiro Watanabe and Mappa um, has released a trailer for their new collaboration, which is called Lazarus. is a new anime tra- um, that is going that was um, announced at the Toonami on the Green event at Comic Con. Uh, the trailer is out there. Uh, you can see it in Tom's Glory. I haven't actually checked it out yet. Uh, it says that they were aiming to complete the project by 2024, but did not complete commit to that release window so if you don't know the name shinichiro watanabe what have you been doing with your life cowboy bebop folks just to name a few samurai shampoo space dandy come on folks get with it uh and of course mappa chainsaw man you know jujutsu kaisen they've been hitting it with with a whole lot of stuff uh on the anime side lately so attack on titan don't agent 70 would never let me live that down if i if i didn't mention that um and as above as above uh, other things, so, right, 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 right. That, right you know right. that thing's going to look good, and it's going to have some some good music in it. Uh, yeah, if Papa's it's involved, yeah. Directory. Yeah. All right. So. Next up, so um, Adult Swim's miniseries Uzumaki, based on the supernatural horror manga by legendary author Junji Ito, was announced way back in 2019, but had been delayed for a while with no ETA. A brand new trailer was unveiled at San Diego Comic-Con, which shows that, or which indicates that the upcoming series may be well worth the wait. So go check out that trailer if you are looking, and you may in fact find yourself looking forward to this. Yeah, I know a couple of people who are Ito fans, they, so they definitely are. They were, they were passing out um, like zines and, and mini comics for, for that, um, like on the floor. That was like a big push. Hmm. Oh, was Viz out there fairly fairly big? Yes, yes. Hmm. They always have a fairly big uh, uh, presence gotcha. over there at Comic Con. They weren't happening to be giving out codes for their for their app, new app, were they? <laughs> no, they yeah. weren't. I don't think so. 
Um, sorry, real quick, I had to go back to that last story before I get to the next one. But apparently, do you, do you mean by hook up a Crunchyroll? No, I, I no, uh, no I, I mean if you want to, but I, I have Crunchyroll already. <laughs> I was about to say we both subscribe to Crunchyroll. It's yeah. it's it's shown in Jump that we could use a hand with. All right. right. Well, but um. I, but, I, I'll, I'll work on that. We'll talk after. We'll talk later. <laughs> exactly. Off the, you know, we will talk after we record. Um, but I wanted to go back to the, to the last article because I just noticed a name in here that is, uh, that, uh, is interesting. Stats, Chad Stahelski of Jet, of, of, uh, John Wick fame is designing the action sequences for Lazarus, uh, the, the Watanabe Mappa, um, collaboration joint. So. Wow. Yeah, this this thing's gonna be good. Good, and, and there's also some musical folks that uh that that, that uh, some folks might know, but um, I just had to put that in. There. I was like, wait, did I see that right? Um, Jujutsu Kaisen director debuts trailer for new uh, Adult Swim anime Ninja Kamui. So, uh, this anime was first confirmed being in the works last spring with a debut poster teasing about a story a story about a ninja who had escaped his violent life and fled to the rural United States. And fans uh, finally got a first look at this new anime in motion when the trailer debuted at uh, San Diego Comic-Con this weekend. Uh, it looks like a brutal anime filled with all kinds of bloody action fan, the, the bloody action that fans would hope to see uh, from a new series coming to Toonami. And the trailer is attached to the, the article, so you can check it out for yourself. Next up. All right, next up. So we got a new trailer for fans of... One Piece, who may actually give the Netflix live-action version a shot. So this was released at San Diego Comic-Con. This new, uh, well, this this, uh, live-action adaptation of One Piece will debut on Netflix on August 31st. You know what? It's always worth giving it at least a little bit of a chance. We'll see how, you know, we'll see what we find out about it. I am not a One Piece person, so, you know. Well, I, I won't particularly be hurt if it's a, a really terrible adaptation. Well, that's the other problem is because the the Netflix adaptations so far have not been that great from from accounts. I have not watched any of them, but for people who I know who have seen them, you know that that I would probably believe as much. It's like yeah, it's just like ugh, not always great. One of them I think probably one of them was alright, but the rest of them kind of haven't been great. Anyway, sure. Um, speaking of One Piece, we go over to the manga corner. Ah, that makes me so so happy. Uh, One Piece uh, unleashes Kobe. Like warm, 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 nostalgic feelings just now, yes. folks. Yes, indeed. I was trying to find my doggone box set of, uh, of Gotcha Man, and it's around here somewhere. And I thought I had um, made copies, uh, uh, digital copies, but I can't find them. I'm kind of upset, which is whatever. Anyway, One Piece unleashes Kobe's full power in epic new fight. This is for One Piece chapter ten eighty eight, which that sounds like how many episodes of the anime there are. Also. Um, but I won't say too much because just in case there's people out there who don't want spoilers, I have no, I have not read the manga or watched much of the uh, anime, so I couldn't tell you. Um, but basically, hey, um, yeah, Kobe comes alive, I guess. Next up. The 2023 Will Eisner Comic Industry Awards revealed its winners at San Diego Comic-Con, and Hayao Miyazaki's Shuna's Journey, which was translated by Alex Dudok-Devitt, 
won this year's best U.S. edition of International Material Asia Award. Uh, it was published by First Second Slash Macmillan. Okay. Congratulations. Yeah, indeed. I didn't get the the full list of who won the Eisens with those, so I'll save that one for next week. Um, Kodansha announces new manga title, not like manga licenses, including English first title. Uh, Blood Blade is being created in Japan, but will be published first in the U.S. Uh, and of course, this comes from Comic Con. Uh, let's see. Uh, Omase is the is the writer of this. It is a new twist on the classic vampire story that features Count Dracula reincarnated as a katana willing female vampire in an alternate version of Europe. So if that sounds interesting to you, hey, which actually kind of does, <laughs> uh, you can check that out. And then there's a couple of other spring 2024 titles, which that one's also. Uh, fed up with being the Spoiler Queen's genius butler, and I ran away and built the world's strongest army by Rega. Um, and then Mermaid Prince also. So yeah, there's some there were some announcements from Code and Shah. Next up. Alrighty, Bleach creator Tite Kubo released the new Rangiku Matsumoto art for Bleach, Thousand Year Blood War Part 2, The Separation Episode 16. So you can catch up on this on Hulu. That's my understanding. Mm. Yes. Uh, so, yes. Uh, yes. you know, because you can stream these new episodes on Hulu right now. So uh, I am not up on Bleach at all. So this is good. It's on my list, folks. It's on my list. When and if you get past Yu Yu Show, maybe consider it. All right. That's going to be a while, then. Well, actually, I take it back. You might want to break from between them two, but yeah, it was for something smaller, but yeah. But All right, consider it. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's this more clothes than Rink, uh, Rink Kiku's head on in the whole show. Anyway, um, My Hero Academia finally cons- confirms its most discussed romance is actually true. Uh, Agent Seventy. Spoilers, because I'm behind on there this. There we go. I was, that's why I was asking. Uh, so this is for Chapter Three Ninety Four. Um, I assume you know enough to know what that it's probably led up to something. So uh, it has something to do with Deku and someone else. I'll leave it at that. Right, 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 right. Next up. All right. Next up. Uh, Crunchyroll is making a one punch man online game for PC and mobile. So developers are taking another shot at a one punch man game. So, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh. So, anime service Crunchyroll announced One Punch Man World, an online multiplayer action title headed to Android, iOS, and PC. The free-to-play game has you and friends joining the Hero Association to fight a growing wave of villains. Through missions and raids, you can unlock and play as heroes from the TV show's first season, including Saitama's faithful sidekick, Genos, Moomin Rider, and Puri Puri Prisoner. Good lord. You can relive key moments from the show, too. Okay. Uh, Is there a uh, 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 estimated date, or is this still super early? I think it's still kind of early. I got a. Um, you can pre-register for the PC version now because I got a uh, email on that thing from them, but I don't think uh, there's no word on when this is going to happen. Right, their plan says later this year, but right. we know how that works in the video game world. Yep, yep. Um, real quick, Matt, you or any of the family, um, any manga or anime you're you're into or not, uh, or so. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's usually you know older, um, old older stuff like uh, you know like Lupin and like 
You know, I read, I read Sanctuary. I, I actually read the original novels and manga for uh, Battle Royale, which is scarring. Um, so yeah, so uh, but I'm I'm familiar with like everything you talk about, like Bleach, One Piece, and you know, um, and uh, but uh, you know nothing I kind of read uh, regularly. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, next up. Uh, something anime adjacent. Uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender. Uh, uh, actually, we get into comic book news. Uh, by the way. Oh, we're in comic book news now. Yeah. Alrighty. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. I mean, this this can go either way, but it's not technically an anime. Anyway, um, Avatar: The Last Airbender announces a one shot starring Iroh. So, who doesn't love Uncle Iroh? Crazy people, that's who. Uh, coming summer of 2024 is a new graphic novel uh, about Iroh in June. That is going to be called The Bounty Hunter and the Tea Brewer. You can guess which one is which if you uh, have watched uh, enough uh, Avatar The Last Pender. Um, was there anything in the course this came out from San Diego? And yeah, summer of 2024 is pretty much all we got on that one. Next up. All right. So apparently Harley Quinn in the uh, Batman White Knight universe has taken on a new moniker, a new code name. I don't know if I want to talk about this because Roddy Cat may be behind on this. I know he is a big fan of the Batman White Knight corner of the DC universe. Yeah, this came out last week and, uh, and I didn't get a chance to uh, watch it. But since I pulled this, I already kind of know. So it's always fine. <laughs> right. Right, right, right. So bottom line is Harley has a new code name. It is uh let's just say uh funny. Very funny. Maybe riot riotlessly funny. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Uh which I there's something else I could talk about, but that's a, some for for another time and date. Um Superman is going to war with his Green Lantern girlfriend, and she can win, apparently, according to this article. Spoilers for Superman Lost Number 6, which none of us have been reading, but apparently in this book he's been dating a, a, a Green Lantern. Uh, well, how have you not read that? It's Christopher Priest. I know! I know! Uh, it's, we read a lot of books, man, and I've been... I've been, um, I've been I haven't saved up, so I can't read it, but I but I haven't been able to. Yeah, read my, them just yet. I, I admit mine are stacked up, so don't talk yeah. about <laughs> So that was, we read that, a lot of books. Yeah, and that was the thing, and it's uh, kind of got away from, especially with you know the the current stuff from this week and the whole X corner. But anyway, regardless, um, I'm not going to go too far into this, but yeah, apparently there's a little brouhaha gets scuffed up between the two for some odd reason uh, that I'm sure I will read at some point soon. Next up. All right, so despite rumors, despite rumors that the Aquaman sequel is going to get moved out of its December slot, DC has announced Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom special number one, a new comic book one-shot that acts as a, as a prequel to the upcoming Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom movie. As per DC's October 2023 solicitations, the 64-page Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom special number one features three separate stories that serve to bridge the gap between the first Aquaman and the upcoming sequel. That's awkward. Yes, yeah, yeah. A little bit, a little bit. No, also, I, I, I thought the rumor was that they were replacing the movie and just doing a comic. 
<laughs> that would be messed up. They did cancel Batgirl, and I'm still kind of slightly upset about that because it seemed like it was going to be pretty good. Or right, from from you know from the little stuff that came out about it anyway. So yeah, I don't know. DC stays losing. Stays um, losing. Shout out to the collector. Absolutely. Uh, it should be noted that this comes from the October solicits um, that I don't know if anybody else put theirs out, but DCs definitely did. Uh, DC definitely did. So yeah, some of this stuff is coming from out of there. Um, <clears throat> speaking of, Wonder Woman is to become the center of the universe, according to series writer Tom King. So apparently Tom King has big plans for Wonder Woman, call it the biggest book he's ever written, and not just because the series is going to span multiple timelines and includes a series of backup strips written by King set in the future of the DC universe. Um, I might buy, I might buy, you know, if, if he's writing it, I'm, I'm in. I'll give him the, you know. Yeah, I'm definitely curious. Like, yeah. All his books have been really good lately. Mm-hmm. Have you read uh, Danger Street? Yeah, I'm reading Dana Street. Okay. I am reading. Yeah, I'm reading think- Dana Street. And I think I think a lot of people underappreciated his Supergirl series. Yeah. Um I heard I heard good things about it. Like they might be possibly using that in the in the to they are, yeah. at some point. They're yeah. using it. Yeah. But have you have you had a chance to read it yet? No, I haven't. Mm-mm. You'll you'll like it. Think I'll all I'll say it's like um Supergirl, true grit, space. Mm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, like I said, I had heard good things about it, and I got it on the side. It's just I haven't been able to get to it yet. So, but um, but apparently, according to this quote here in this article, there's a, a between two Toms panel at San Diego Comic Con that this this info came from, um, of which the the creative team of uh, Tom King, Tom Taylor, uh, uh yeah, uh, Nicola Scott and Mitch Gerards was uh attending uh looks like king said that the upcoming series with daniel sampier is going to be uh a big deal for the dcu as a whole and quote the whole idea was to make wonder woman the center of the dcu and to make her story the dc universe's story that is how big we're going to go so you know if anybody can potentially pull that off with the stuff that we've read of his hey (laughs) we'll see if that actually bears out Next up. All righty. So, you know, some more comic book news from San Diego Comic-Con. No, actually, Writer this is, Kelly... sorry, this is old. This is older than that. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, I apologize. I, I was just skimming the article, and I was looking for the word San Diego and Comic-Con and didn't see them. No. So this is a press release from, wow, from a while ago. Mm. So bottom line, though, uh, the lineup for the upcoming Birds of Prey, which is going to debut in September 5th, is going to be a uh, big uh it's going to be led by black canary and uh she'll be joined by cassandra kane big barda zealot and harley quinn you know one of these things is not like the other that being a former image character now wildstorm now dc character but i get it <laughs> yeah there was some i'm a big birds of prey fan uh, i'm exci- i'm excited for this lineup uh, but yeah, I think it felt like people were a little lukewarm on it. But I, I'm gonna, I, I, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna give it a shot. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I think it's a great concept, and you know, I, I think the lineup needs to be shaken up a little bit. Hmm. 
Um, worth noting that it is the creative team of Kelly Thompson and uh, Leonardo Romero and colorist Jody Bel-Air, along with Clayton Cowles doing letters uh, for this. So it's going to look good. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, Kelly Thompson just coming off of um, uh, Captain Marvel. So uh, Next up, though, uh, H70 probably should have taken this one, but I got it. Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong team teases the epic scale of new comic crossover. Yes, folks, this you heard those like words. The biggest comic announcement on the floor. Everyone was going nuts over this. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it at all. So yeah, um, let's see. Let's see. This is from uh, Entertainment Weekly. It says uh, Brian Butchelato. Uh, of the Flash. Well, one, it's a miniseries. Two, uh, written by Brian Bugelato with art by Christian Deuce uh, and letters by Luis Guerrero. We'll put uh, DC's Pantheon Heroes against the iconic inhabitants of the MonsterVerse. So, um, there's some art uh, uh, in this article if you are so willing to look it out and uh, some blurbs by Jim Lee who spoke uh, about the crossover. Thoughts, gents? I saw an image, I think it was an uh, 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 an alternate cover that Jim Lee drew, and it's a Batman-style uh, mech that oh, yes. is as big as the legendary version of, the legendary film's version of, legendary studio's version of Godzilla. And I'm like, <sighs> so, you know, the accountants just didn't pick up on how much it costs to build something that big. You know what I'm saying? As anyway. opposed to everything else in his arsenal? I'm just saying, that, that's a big that's a big thing. Yeah. Um, if you're watching the video version, you can see the, uh, the cover that H-70 is referencing for yourself. So. And, and, and a couple more as I scroll through. So, yeah, that's... Uh, but, of course, why wouldn't Batman have a mech? Come on. Um, some news that I've been enjoying lately. Uh, DC Dual Force has a comic book tie-in. So DC Dual Force is the collectible card game uh, that is being published by Ukes of all people. Um, which, if, if you're in, in the video game, you, you you may or may not understand why that's weird. But uh, they're not developing it; they're just, they're just publishing it. Um, but yeah, that's been out in open beta for the last week or two, and now there is going to be there now there is a comic book uh, tie-in that is on their site, free to. Uh, read right now uh the interesting thing outside of that is that it sets kind of sets up the story but at the end of it there is going to be a um almost one of uh dc's infamous votes let's just say but it's not voting in the traditional sense it's more like hey there's two teams whichever one gets used in the card game uh from july 21st to august 1st will determine the ending of, uh, well, I guess, yeah, ending of the, 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 the comic book. Because the, uh, the comic, which I have read, ends in a fight between um, uh, four heroes. That's uh, Batman, Wonder Woman, The Flash, and uh, Cyborg. I believe Wonder Woman and Flash are on a team, and Batman and Cyborg are on, the, on, on a team. Which, where's, that uh, where, where's Jason Todd in this? Yes. Yeah. 
as far as I know, not around. And I would be funny if they put. Uh, uh, um, I think they do have uh, a crowbar in the. Uh, no, they don't. I, I'm, I'm lying I, about I, that. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna make a. Phone, I'm gonna make a phone call. They, they should really put in Jason Todd here. Um, I. Uh, <laughs> you're right. I, 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 I said I had dinner with some people Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they might be uh, involved in this, so I'm gonna call. I'm gonna text them. Oh, now, can, can you can you add Jason Todd with a crowbar? <laughs> have you have you um I don't know how big your own card games you you are I mean well, I know you're big on cards but you know, on card digital card games like this have you checked it out um, yeah uh, yeah um yes. I I joking aside I, I do know these guys so okay. yeah I, I I checked it out I'm familiar with the engine gotcha. um if you're familiar with a game called like Hex yes from a couple of, probably like about like probably nine like nine ten years ago yeah, it's, it's the same well. engine okay. Now that makes that makes a little sense, okay. But yeah, yeah. I've been I've been messing around with, and I keep saying I'm gonna stream some every night uh, for real close, but I haven't been able to do that. And uh, to keep uh, uh, Agent Seventy engaged, I'm going to move on quickly. But to say that, hey, yeah. it's an open beta. You should check it out. It's pretty good. It's- yeah, and 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 shoot me and shoot me a note. Maybe I can, uh, you know, if you're gonna stream some, I I can get you some codes or something. Oh, cool. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'll do that. Thank you much. Uh, but moving right along, uh, McFarlane, in conjunction with DC, have now created a reality I never thought would ever come to pass. There is, in fact, a Batman Spawn two-pack of action figures and pre-orders that many outlets have already pre-sold out after it was announced recently. And, uh, yeah, that's interesting. It was inevitable. You know, it's being sold with the DC uh, multiverse under the DC multiverse banner. Mm-hmm. Somewhere, somewhere, you had to believe that McFarlane was going to, you know, at the very least, suggest this, if not be able to put, put, you know, put this in action. Right, right, right. You figured he would. Right. So, and for those who hadn't seen that uh, that Wired um, uh, uh, video that he did, um, that I don't think we talked about on the show, but I, I know I talked to with uh, Agent Seventy. Check it out; it's kind of it's it's quite amusing. Uh, but the the two pack is forty nine ninety nine. By the way, if you are interested. Uh, next up, though, bling Mortal Kombat. I'm going to take these next two. Uh, Mortal Kombat Home uh, has um outlined its uh combat pack fires which is the dlc fighters uh for its uh upcoming release or shortly after its upcoming release homelander peacemaker omni-man quan chi ermac and takeda are all going to be in this uh this pack and yes omni-man will be uh voiced by jk simmons which was jay jonah jameson i'm guessing yes. <laughs> So you get to hear the dulcet tones of J.K. J- Simmons uh, yelling at you, probably, as he did, Mark. Um, I don't know if he's going to do the thing. That would be funny if they do, but I don't, those, I'm, I'm only I'm kind of curious what his uh, fatality is going to be. So. Next up. All right. Over the weekend at San Diego Comic-Con, NECA unveiled the latest action figures in its awesome line of Gargoyles action figures. The new figures include... A detective Broadway figure as well as an armored Xenatos figure, which comes from the series where he wears a gray and scarlet version of the Steel Clan robot suits. So, yeah, you know what? It's it's one of those things that I just can't find myself getting into, but I love just looking at these Gargoyles figures. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I just think they're really good representations of the characters. Ooh. Castlevania news, but I'll save that one. Uh, I, I still need to watch the show. Next up. <laughs> um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4-pack is a San Diego uh, Comic-Con exclusive that's now available online. Probably already sold out at this point. But um, if you're watching the video version, you can see the 4-pack, which is uh, all four turtles. Uh, gray, but uh, their, uh, their, their masks are you know, appropriately colored. Uh, and it comes in this box, which, again, if you're watching the video version, you've seen uh, all the accoutrement that comes in it because there's a bunch of heads and others and their weapons and whatnot. So, yeah, it's uh, $84.99. Uh, good luck trying to find one at this point, probably. Have you? Did you guys read the last Ronin series? I never read yes. it, but everyone keeps talking highly, speaking highly of it. Yes, it's excellent. Um, it's great. Yeah, they've they've excellent. expanded. Highly on recommend. World. Yeah, they've been expanding on that world uh, recently. In fact, because there's like been you know there's been some like one shots and and um and um and another series that has happened since then. But yeah, definitely read the first one. It's pretty great. Yeah, we were reading it as it was coming out, but it is now well into, you know, I think maybe even multiple printings of a trade paperback. Or if you get digitally, obviously you can get that easily. It's worth the read. Yeah. All righty. Next up, uh, Upper Deck released an official statement in response to uh, Ravensburger's motion in court to dismiss the company's lawsuit over the Disney Lorcana trading card game. Upper Deck filed the lawsuit against designer Ryan Miller and Ravensburger in June 2023, claiming that Miller breached his work-for-hire agreement with Upper Deck and Ravensburger used the materials from his work on Rush of Icor to help create Disney Lorcana trading card game. Okay. Upper Deck, don't you mess this up for me. I want this deck. I, I want this, uh, these cards. You hear me? Listen, the motion is going to be ruled on on August 14th, 2023, after Disney Lacana's launch at Gen Con. Or is it Gen Con or Gen Con? Help me out here, I folks. Think no, it's, it's, it's Gen Con, but yeah. it, Gen Con's this week. So Gen, right. Sorry, next week. It's next week. Yeah, Gen Con well, Gen is Con on week. August 5th through 9th. Which I'm, yeah. glad, which I'm glad that came up, because, Matt, I was going to ask you, have you ever gone to Gen Con? You probably have. It's, but, it, is, it is one of my favorite shows. Hmm. I, I just haven't been in a bunch of years, just because... Um, it, you know, it's a, usually around my wife's birthday, and it, it's um, uh, it's a very busy time. Uh, uh, it's a very busy time at work for me. So, gotcha. I I've tried going the last couple of years for one day, and like the it's also for some reason like New York weather is terrible, and I've always been rained out. Like there are storms in New York, and I can't fly to mm. Indianapolis right. for one day. It, it is one of my favorite shows. Um, you know, for those who don't know, Gen Con is like the premier tabletop role playing, uh, you know, and traditionally like trading card game show um, in, in Indianapolis. And uh, it's as they like pitch it, it really is like uh, it'll be Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It, it is the four best days of gaming you'll have this year. That's what they always tell you, and it it it, it, it legitimately is. I have seen I've I've I really want to go one year because I've seen some people that are following Twitter or whatever Twitter I'm going to play I'm going to play um on Twitter in, in the past few years going and also I think I know some people that are probably going so I'm probably sure to see some stuff from that too but I really want to go one day just to see what's what's, what's uh what the deal is it's a very different show it's not like 
you know, it'll be closer probably like because Dragon Con is also a big like RPG show, so mm-hmm. it'll, it'll be more like Dragon Con and like you know specific areas that packs, right? So it's a lot of games, a lot of you know. If you love Dungeons and Dragons, you love role playing games, it's a great show to be at. If you love card games and board games, it's a great show to be at. Um, you know, um, the co- I wouldn't call it, the cosplayers are much more like LARPers or people who are dressed up. Um, so it's less less of that. But sure. like the people who organize it, you know, genuinely want like want to have a great time in the genre. Like in the past, there's been like a, a live dungeon, like and people, you know, so you you actually you, you wear like full armor and swords and you can go through a dungeon and people stage it and. Uh, you know, they, it's a great atmosphere and a lot of buzz and, and excitement. It's just a different type of fandom. Right. I was about to say, it's like that episode of uh, Hawkeye. But, <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of, um, well, we're going to get to the next next uh, uh, next article, but Wizards of the Coast updates product deets for Magic the Gathering Doctor Who set. Um, so in their ongoing uh, bid to pretty much corner the market on every crossover imaginably with Magic the Gathering. Uh, it says here that uh, there's going to be um, a collector's booster set. Uh, the set will not be published in, I don't care, in two different languages that neither I don't speak. I do speak French, whatever. Uh, but anyway, uh, Wizards of the Coast will allow for those ridges to access this uh, English language uh, collector's boosters. I, I am looking for a price here, and this is not giving me that. But... It's uh, it's probably similar to the Middle Earth. So. Um, yeah, probably. Um, but we will see retail on those October 13th, 2023. Next up. Uh, they, they that was one of the big panels at Comic-Con. Oh. So I was, um, I, I, yeah, I, I was chatting with the, the, um, uh, the guy who let the panel um, you know, we we're having drinks later and he dressed up like Doctor Who for the panel. It was nice. pretty cool. Which doctor? Um I think the doctor it was um what's his name? The guy that's in uh uh Dance of Dance with Dragons, Matt um Oh Matt Smith. Matt Smith, it was Matt Smith. Okay, yeah, he was dressed up like Matt Smith. Nice. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a Doctor Who guy, but I knew who was dressed like that. Right, I got you. <laughs> you know. <laughs> All right, eight to seventy. Next up. <laughs> next up, Dungeons and Dragons is returning to high-level character content for the first time in five years. This week, um, Wizards of the Coast released new details about Planescape Adventures in the Multiverse. Their upcoming box set focused on the classic Planescape setting. Included in the announcements was a description of the new turn of Fortune's Wheel Adventure, which will be featured in the box set and is about the party unraveling a plot to undermine the rules of reality. The new adventure is made for level 3 Two level 10 characters, but also includes a bump to level 17 at some point in the adventure. This is set to release uh, on October 17th. I, I don't think Agent 70 understands like the importance of Planescape with D&D fans. Who? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... You know, I, I, I'm familiar with D&D to a certain extent, but at this point, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just like, nope. Why? So. 
We're definitely. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna definitely send Agent Seventy a copy of the Lower Decks RPG supplement for the Star Trek Roleplay nice. game that just came out. <laughs> he combines all his loves. He combines. I got Star Trek. I got like obscure Star Trek, and I've got like role playing games. Uh, Wait, is that out, out, or? Uh, is that I take a flamethrower to this place. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, moving on. Wait, is that is that out out or is it like is it some sort of pre hush us thing that you you have access to? No, no, go go go. It, it's only it's only a PDF release, it's only online oh, release. Okay. Go it. to um, Mophidius. Uh, the other one, right. right? It's Mophidius. I know. I keep getting. Um, I keep getting. Yeah, Mo- whoever does the Star Trek role playing game, which is I, Mophidius, right. they uh, they just it, I just got the I knew it was coming out. And I just got the. Uh, uh, like that came out in PDF. Oh yeah, okay, I see it. Uh, I see it. Yeah, it's only it's only an online release. Okay, this is not the same thing because there's a campaign guide that I see on their site. But yeah, that's it. Yeah. Okay. okay wow. That's okay. Yeah, I'm gonna check it out. Anyway, next up. Um, sorry, because <laughs> I know it's getting late. We gotta we gotta push. Um, toy corner. We're getting into. Um, this will make eight to seventy slightly happy, but except maybe not this part, but. Uh, Hasbro reveals truly massive ghost ship from Star Wars Rebels. If you're watching the video version, you can see the ship in question. Um, I believe this is a is this a Haslabs joint? Yes, this is a Haslab. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 13 inches tall, 28 inches by 34 inches. Uh, it is the biggest. Uh, it says it's the biggest um, vintage collection of vehicles since Jabba's sail barge. Uh, and there's Jabba's sail barge big too mm-hmm. that's really big yeah it's kind of ridiculous actually um do we have oh okay so of course uh with that you you have stretch goals which um why did ezra have to be first okay um ezra will be unlocked at eleven thousand backers kanan at fourteen thousand and zeb at seventeen thousand uh, and I think it comes with it. Better come with Hera. That would be. Yeah, I think it starts with Hera. Yeah. Uh, I think. Yeah, I think it comes with Hera, and then the rest are stretch goals. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know where it's at because I'm not seeing the link to uh where it is now. But um, it's it's fine. But like I said, you can see it in all this glory. It looks great. <laughs> I want you, how much is it to back? I'm not sure. I can't. Uh... It's not in the article. I thought maybe you knew offhand. No, I don't. That's why I was looking for the link to the to the to the Haslab. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll look it up while uh, while you do the next one. All right, no worries. So Hasbro revealed a set of new figures set for its Star Wars vintage collection, including Darth Revan, Grand Admiral Thrawn, Pre Vizsla, a collection of Imperial officers, and a figure of Chewbacca for Life Day. Each figure is unique and represents some powerful icon- iconography for the franchise, though, because Revon is such a powerful, pow- pop- popular Star Wars character, one could argue he may be the most appealing of them all. That is, of course, the article's writer editorializing. Yes. Um, it's Revan. Uh, sorry. For oh, Revan. Yes. Yeah. Please. I, mean, I got you. Yeah, you would. Uh, right. but, but yeah, uh, for those who played over oh, oh, uh the, the video game definitely Revan is a is a is a character of note. Um, the ghost is five hundred bucks, which is cheaper. It's it's cheaper than the barge. I think was six hundred or around that. 
Mm-hmm. So it's lower than that, but still a lot of money. Yeah. And just a fraction of a RoboSend Grimlock. <laughs> yes. <laughs> actually, yeah, actually slightly cheaper than the, the original Optimus um, also. But um, 41 days left on that crowdfunding, and it has, at this point, almost 9,000 backers, which the target was 8,000. So they've, they've, they've made the first goal already. Uh, next up, come on, click off of that. Thank you. Spider-Man 2 story trailer teases Venom, uh, more villains, and more drama. I have not watched this one, so I don't know how different this one was from the from the um, from the other trailer from from uh, Summer Games Fest. But I'll check that out at some point. This is for the Spider-Man 2 video game. Uh, this uh, came out at um, San Diego Comic Con, of course. Um, and uh, according to this article. Uh, they give us a forced look on how Peter might find himself joined with the Venom symbiote, of which we had already seen him joined with uh, in the previous trailer. So I am looking forward to checking that out. Next up. All right. So uh, this article has a look at the trailer for the PlayStation 5 console Marvel Spider-Man 2 Limited Edition bundle, which features a symbiote takeover design. The bundle includes a PS5 console with limited edition console covers, a limited edition DualSense wireless controller, a voucher for a digital copy of the game, and pre-order... I think this article just changed on me. Uh, um, what the heck just What's happened? up, everybody? Damon here, and it's... What was that? Oh, I didn't even yeah, click on IGN, it. No, IGN does that if you don't have... Um, if you don't turn uh, Autoboy off or have some way to... Uh, all right. Well, bottom line is, take a look at this. Is this the opportunity that Agent 70 is going to take to buy a <laughs> PS5? Finally, we will see. Honestly, I was just about to say the exact thing. <laughs> so that's funny <laughs> you said that. <laughs> Listen, um, I actually walked into one of the rare things uh, in the wild, an actual functioning GameStop, like maybe a month ago. Mm-hmm. And I happened to see a used PS5, a couple of used PS5 stacked, you know, like in uh, like the, the anonymous looking um, box packaging that uh, GameStop uses. And I started chuckling. I was like, oh, look at that. Right. Yeah, they're, they're out there. Yeah. All right. Now we're going to get into a wave. Of Marvel Legends news. Yes! Um, I see how he perked up, right? (laughs) So, Marvel Legends, Marvel Knights, Mindless Ones, Build-A-Figure, Wave, Official Images, and Details. Uh, So, we got, uh, for the Wave, Daredevil, Lady Bullseye, uh, Luke Cage, Iron Man, the Game of Thrones Iron Man, excuse me, um, a Fist Ninja, Clea, and Marvel's Blade. And of course, the Builder figure is a mindless one. The Clea looks really nice. That's exactly. definitely one of the big draws for me. Great. You know, I, may, I may cherry pick out uh, the Clea and uh, you know, the Lady Bullseye is kind of cool, but the Clea is definitely, uh, I think, the highlight of this wave. Um, the, the, the comic book blade, you know, like kind of like a more traditional trench coat comic book blade is cool. And obviously like a new power man. Right. I thought that this is current daredevil, right? That's, this is yeah, current that's, suit. that's yeah. current daredevil. Yeah. yeah. Scruffy daredevil. You mean, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, but yeah, they look all right. I don't know. Um, yeah. Cleo probably maybe blade. I don't know, but, uh, Cleo. Wait, is there been a power man before? Not in, uh, they've had Power Man, but not the classic Power Man. Gotcha. So this have. is the 
Yeah, no, they've had no, but not in Hasbro. They had it for Toy Biz. I have the Toy Biz. Uh, right. I ended up buying the Toy Biz one. I think at New York Comic Con, like for you know, like as a as a a loose figure. You know. All right. Next up, uh, a Marvel Legends Deluxe Detroit Steel figure <laughs> was also announced at San Diego Comic Con. This is basically a, re- a, a reimagining of the mold of the of the tools. They're just a slight retool of, I think, the um, Iron Monger from the first Iron Man. So you know, that's pretty cre- It's a pretty creative reusing of some uh, previous uh, tooling for an action figure. Yeah, Detroit Steel evolved, but then again, I guess they're yeah they're going through the motions at this point. Um, mm-hmm. Next up, we also have uh, what we alluded to earlier: the Marvel Legends X Men '97 wave, uh, which consists of Storm. We we kind of talked about this also in the past, but Storm, Wolverine, uh, Bishop, Gambit, Rogue, and Magneto. And if you're watching the video version, you can see all of the figures together in their glory. Storm kind of has the mohawk, but a different, but a different version of the mohawk. Are you getting any of these? I'm tempted. I don't have a bishop. I feel like I don't have a gambit either. Actually, I probably, I am tempted. I might actually I'm, end up getting a wave. I don't know. I think I like this storm because I don't have. I never got the first white costume one, and I like the look right. that she has here with the kind of like pseudo mohawk. Right. Because she's got the mohawk and the long flow in the back too. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I may get the rogue in the gambit too. The Wolverine is actually kind of fun, also. It's kind of like you said, you know. Other than the 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 Magneto, which I'm kind of like not enthusiastic to see again, right? But uh, know, so you know. All right, next up, um, Target exclusive Marvel Studios X Men '97 Team Up Pack is uh, going to be released. This is uh, not exactly Marvel Legends quality, but it's still cool for kids to play with. Yeah. Some of the aforementioned... Four, yeah, um, I'll take these are four-inch scale figures. Right. Um, uh, if you take out Bishop and Magneto, then replace them with Cyclops, then you pretty much got the same, the, the same uh, figures as we just spoke about. Um, next up, speaking of that line, uh, there's some more figures and toys that go along with this. Some of the stuff is, is we've already talked about in the last couple of articles, but apparently, um, there's also going to be, you know, the, the, uh, the ones, figures I've already mentioned, the Sentinel that we already talked about, well, like last week, but there's also a set of, uh, there's also, um, uh, the Blackbird, which I guess you can put your figures on to ride on top of. Uh, there's a Wolverine mask and claws. Uh, probably not for an adult head for 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 the um, for that mask, or maybe it will. I don't know. They they do something great that crazy, but that stuff can be pre-ordered uh, right now from places out there, so you can uh, check that out as your at your leisure. Next up, right. So as we mentioned earlier, and I'm glad I got this article. I got the story. So the high-end apparel company Kith has collaborated with Marvel and Asics to make a special collection of jackets, t-shirts, chairs, shoes, and accessories for the 60th anniversary of the X-Men this year. The drop became first available to attendees of San Diego Comic-Con 
And uh, following that window of availability, all of the gear will be available through Kit's site as of tomorrow, uh, today now, Friday, July 28th, at least here on the East Coast. So, yeah, these are kind of cool. They do borrow some of the imagery from the X-Men number one cover from 1992. Um, or not, wait, what was it, 1991 uh, that Jim Lee did. And, um, you know, there's some interesting images here in the story. Obviously, as I said, the article highlights the Asics Gel Light 3 shoes, which are colorwayed to uh, reflect different members of the X-Men. And that's honestly pretty cool. According to this article, those shoes are going to be, well, I, I don't know if this is for, for the drop from the show, but they were in blind boxes. I don't know if they're doing. Yeah. Uh, yes, the shoes arrive in a blind box. Oh, my God. <laughs> What's that, Matt? Are they are they available now? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. So it says, yeah, on the, on They're gonna be blind box sneakers. Oh wait, actually, uh, it says following that window, all the gear will be available. Yeah, I just haven't like you just said do gift site on the twenty eighth. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying. Damn it. It'll probably. Well, <laughs> I mean, uh, if they go if they, if they go West Coast time, it might not be until after three. But uh, who knows? Right. Right, 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 right. That's the kicker. Like, anytime they give a time like that, we have to almost assume that it's going to be West Coast time. Right. So. <laughs> um, but, I love, but, I love, but I love your, your going pointer at this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that Storm shirt. Some of, these, some, of the, some of the snakes look cool, but I'm not that big of a sneaker head, so, but they do look kind of cool, though. I'm not yeah, a sneaker head, but yeah. Yeah, but if you look at it, there's two. Like, what I don't like about this is uh, they made the Wolverine 1975 colorway. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure which one that is. I think it's the one. I think it is. It's the one that's mostly yellow and blue and black. Right. Uh, um, it's limited to one in 36 pairs, so it's you know artificial rarity and mm-hmm. you know increasing the value of it just like that. But that's collecting for you. They'll be on eBay uh, at a at a elevated price tomorrow afternoon. Of course. Next up, of though. course. Um, come on, here we go. I think we talked about this probably behind the scenes, but um, X Men Blue Origins number one reveals the truth behind Nightcrawler's origin, or excuse me, or, or Nightcrawler's birth. Um, yeah. So this is going into uh, his turn as Spider Man that is coming up. Um, but this is, uh, came out from a panel called designing the X-Men, uh, this, this weekend, Marvel special event panel from Cap- from Comic-Con. Uh, there was teasing, teas- teasers for the X-Men's next era. Uh, again, we will not go into because some of that kind of bears off in what we're going to talk about later on. Uh, but Claremont, Chris Claremont is, uh, is, uh, heading back into the well for Nightcrawler. Um, and I guess we're going to get a nut right this is, I know this is me being, <laughs> being kind of contiguous about this, but we're going to get another retcon for for Nightcrawler um, out of this. So, oh, just, I look, I, I'm really excited. Like, you know, Aunt Mays is her, her, his real um, mother, so we're good. Yes. Uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. Next up. <laughs> Next up. Marvel's next big thing panel announced the next major crossover event at Marvel, that being Gang War, uh, stemming from the pages of the current Amazing Spider-Man run 
helmed by Zeb Wells. So it's basically uh, Spidey and several street-level characters against all of the New York crime lords. But did you read the solicit for that? There's like a lot of different crime lords. I was like, wait, Shotgun's a crime lord now? And then like it's this guy and that guy? Like, so yeah, they've been showing up in amazing uh, for the probably the past six months to a year uh, in in yeah. this run. So we've kind of been getting teased on something like this happening. Well, like I'm reading the run. Wait, when did Shotgun show up? Well, I don't know about Shotgun, oh. but I'm just saying somebody. Yeah, that, that might be one of the last additions to right. this Crime Lord uh, roster. Right. But we've been seeing yeah. people coming and going out of the run. It's like, oh, they're clearly doing something, and here it is. It's been a while since we have a good old gang war in, in the pages of Spidey. Is, is it better than Dead Man's Hand? I don't know. Oh. I mean, there's probably... There's, let's move on. <laughs> okay. I know it's really late, but I really need to ask you guys. Sure. What do you think of that Wells' run on Amazing Spider-Man? Oh, we've and been I, talking and about I, it. I get it every month, so, so that's all like I'm just curious. No, we, I'm it's just been it's been warmed up. So, yeah. go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. This is yours. I may be reiterating what we have complained about as we've read Zeb Wells' run, but it's taking forever to get to where we are now. Right, the whole reveal about what's going on with uh, you know between uh, uh, Peter and Mary Jane. And now we've got this reveal that Mary Jane is going to be off doing her own thing. And this is kind of, uh, you know, uh, whatever, ag- whatever agenda that they have to make Pete, you know, like a, a truly swinging single guy again. Who knows? You know, it's just been very frustrating that this story has taken forever to develop. I think that's our biggest gripe. Yeah, pretty much. Like, there's been a couple of good things here and there, but not enough to be like, okay, when when are you going to get to the point? Like, it took him a long time to get to the whole reveal of why what the beginning of the run happened, as as Jim Seven just said. Now that we're here, it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I look. I, I think the only thing I liked about this run so far, it, the two things I liked about the run were Kamala Khan was in it, and he's dating Black Cat. But like, it, I'm heartbroken. That they are Mary Jane and Peter Parker are not together. Yep. Like, yeah. I know they'll never. I know they'll never get back together in my lifetime. <laughs> oh, I don't believe that. <laughs> you can't believe that. Do you? I was like, isn't that one of those comic skate things? Is it? I can't. I I would like them to be together. I know they'll never do it. Right. And I know the reasons why. Yeah. But does that prevent me from reading Amazing Spider-Man? No. Yeah, I mean, we've pretty much we could easily drop the book, but we still. I, I feel like there's one some part of us that still kind of got to know what's gonna how this is gonna all play out. Yeah, right. 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 I, I, I'm not dropping. I'm not saying I'm dropping the book. I'm just right. saying like I just you know I I think Zebwalls is a great writer. I just like I just it just sucks. I just wish they'd be back together, but I'm I know they'll never get back together. I I, I know you know we live in a you know post uh, one fine day world. I. <laughs> I'll be bringing that back up again. Um, look, I, I, this is comic books, and yes, they have changed some things in the last 10 years to 10, 20 years to where, yes, that is more plausible than not, but I've, 
of anybody, any comic book cover is probably going to get back at some point. It's probably going to be them. Everybody else is probably going to stay like, you know, stay whatever the way they are. And yes, they did kind of do a similar thing to uh, not similar thing, but to the whole T'Challa storm thing is, is still kind of in the wind. And that's probably never going to come back. Um, and yes, yeah, they could do it. Bullshit, huh? yeah, What's that? That's bullshit. That's exactly. bullshit. Yeah, exactly. You're with me. This has got a bullshit also, but at the same time, I don't believe this is going to be a long, long-term thing. Like, yeah, they're going to probably push this out for the next year, maybe two, if that. And I hope I'm wrong. Well, actually, I don't hope I'm wrong. But um, I, I, I can't see this being just a, this, this is just it for them. I, I can't see that. I can see the possibility of it, given everything, but it's like, no, I, I doubt that. Um, there's there's a better chance of uh, Ben Foster coming back alive, and I know that's never going to happen. Oh, you just out now. You know it's going to happen in 2024. Good, I put it out there. <laughs> and and speaking of the whole Kamala thing, that I felt like that part was kind of a bummer. Well, not a bummer, but that was kind of there wasn't enough done with that because it was like if I think we talked about it, it was like they put her into this book just to get her to her. her I'm going to just to make her, just to make her right, uh, as a catalyst, right? Yes. No, what, yeah, what we've what we've complained about is that this was the catalyst to MCUify her, right? That right. is our kind of uh, our, our our term for you know the the current attempts at synergy right. between the MCU and Marvel Comics publishing. So right to put her into her current uh, to her current status, uh, whatever that may be at this point, as, as we are recording. Right, which we won't about. we won't spoil because they actually dive into that in Hellfire Gala. But also, we've been talking about this for the last probably three weeks to a month. So if you have if you've right. been with us for the last three weeks to a month and and, and talked about you know and then that that stuff's kind of out there. We just got confirmation of how that went. Let's just say without giving right. anything away. Anyway, pushing on. Um, night. Uh, excuse me. Marvel's news is LGTB, LGBTQIA plus hero Nightshade is getting her own solo comic this uh, year. So this is coming from the women of uh, Marvel panel from San Diego, uh, and this character apparently has uh, appeared in a Marvel Voices, uh, which is called Marvel Voices Nightshade, uh, which is going to be in Marvel Unlimited this fall. The uh, creative team is Stephanie Williams of uh, Nubian Amazon's fame and other stuff. Uh, the Pride's Hector Barros is on art, and Wakanda's Andrew Dollhouse is coloring it. So, uh, let's see. The star of the series is called Logan Lewis, which is the second user of the Nightshade name. Uh, apparently, her aunt, who is in the pages of Captain America uh, at this point, is the original Nightshade and is kind of on the side of good at this point. And apparently, you know, the, you, you know the character, you know the character Nightshade, right? <laughs> yeah. So oh yeah, I was gonna say of Cap Wolf fame. Come on, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's what I was saying. Old seventy cam. I was gonna wasn't gonna bring up the the, the Cap Wolf stuff, but yes. Um. So yeah, that's so. This new character is that character's niece. Uh. And apparently, Til Til Tilda's gonna be an adventure. So, so uh, according to this article, but. All right, sure. Either way, um, Marvel Voices Nightshade number 71 is going to be the beginning of the first uh, series starting the new character and then going to get... Uh, oh, wait, but it's not her introduction to the comics because she was in the Marvel Voices uh, Pride anthology this year. So there you go. So 
she's so she's been introduced already, but this is not the first time that's happened. She's going to get this uh, uh, another book and then get a series uh, uh, sometime this fall. So there you go. Next up. All right. Marvel announced that its next big thing panel at San Diego Comic-Con that there's going to be another edition uh, edition of Timeless, the special year-ending one-shot that sets the stage for upcoming stories in the Marvel Universe. So this will be the third year they do it, and it will be published this December. It will have art by artist Juan Cabal, but there is going to be a switch in the writing uh, duties because Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing will be taking over from the previous Timeless writer, Jed McKay. So, uh, you know, we'll look forward to see what gets teased for 2024. Right. Or beyond, because let's face it, like I said, some of that stuff from one of from those last timelines that Jim McKay did hasn't still has bearing out as far as I can right. tell. They're still paying off, yeah. Right. You want to say something better? No, no, no. I, I, I know that's, that's uh, you know, we were, Dave and I, uh, Agent 70 and I were really excited to, to meet him. And, and chat with him right before he announced his uh, Avengers job. Yes. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Yes. And he was sitting, he was just sitting by himself, like barely, you know, getting any kind of attention. We just walk right up to him. Weird. That's weird. But I guess, yeah, not, not everybody knows him like, we, like we've gotten, uh, gotten uh, used right. to, known to his, his work. But I've noticed something with this timeless stuff. Like Jeb McKay read, wrote, read the, uh, the last two I mean, wrote the last two timeless ones, and he's kind of—I uh, don't want to say up and comer, but they've definitely given him, you know, they've, they've elevated his status uh, in in Marvel this way. So, and we know Colin Kelly and Jessica Lansing has been getting uh, a little bit more work with their Cat Run and, and other stuff, and and Guardians and whatnot. So, I guess this is, uh, you know, the the superstars uh, get the the or the upcoming superstars get to get to write the uh, the timeless and uh, see this stuff for the next year. So that's interesting. Uh, Next up, though. uh, Let's see. One Minute of Marvel panel reveals new Spider-Gwen series and Obi-Wan Kenobi series. So that's good news. Uh, This includes the new series Spider-Gwen on tour by Melissa Flores with art by Enid Balam, which is going to be on sale December 2023. And there's new details on the Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, series, which number three is written by Jody Hauser and Salvador LaRocca uh, and it's going to be on sale in November 2023, which means I guess the first issue is going to be out uh, in the next month or so. Uh, I guess that's September. Sounds like the way that seems to be bearing out. So cool. You can see the cover of the new Spider-Gwen book. Uh, or it's a couple of covers and uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi right there as well as uh, some other stuff um, included the aforementioned Marvel Voices Nightshade some more uh, Marvel Voices uh, stuff that is going on in uh, Marvel Unlimited and so on. Next up. All right. In advance of the newest Captain volume of Captain America which hits the stands on September 20th written by J. Michael Straczynski with art by Jesus Saiz you can now see a trailer uh, for the new release. And uh, it's a nice little tease for what you're going to see. Yeah, one of the teas, if I if I saw this correctly, seems to have has him on par with his um, best friend. 
I don't know if that's true or not, but I've been seeing stuff around that, so I don't, I don't know. Either way, speaking of J. Michael Straczynski, excuse me, um, he has inked a deal with Dark Horse Comics. Um, uh, let's see. According to Straczynski, Straczynski, I can say the word, I promise. Uh, Dark Horse boss Mike Richardson has given him the mandate to write whatever he wants. So look out for more Babylon 5 stories, probably. I don't know. I don't know. That might be the case. But apparently, um, let's see. It will launch various creator-owned works with the publisher that will span graphic novels, miniseries, and ongoing series. Um, Does it have anything? Yes. First up is an international geopolitical thriller that blends science fiction with the superhero genre in a way that we really haven't seen before. It's going to be a huge story with massive global and personal stakes, according to uh, Straczynski in a statement. Um, It'll be on par with some other stuff uh, that he's done, like Supreme Power, Midnight Nation, and Rising Stars, and taking it to a next level, end quote. Um, It doesn't say much else about... uh, what might be coming from from that, but um, looks like some other stuff, including some dark dark fantasy stuff and historical fantasy genres. So, cool. Next up. All right. So the way that longtime fans understand the Power Rangers franchise is about to be changed forever thanks to an all new series, Ranger Academy, over at Boom. So uh, this is going to be. Uh, uh, created by Maria Ingrande Mora, Yo Mi Kyung, and Fabiana Mascolo, due in store starting October 4th. So basically, this changes a lot of what people know about uh, Power Rangers. I know little to nothing about Power Rangers, so it doesn't change a damn thing for me. <laughs> Sorry. I have fallen off of the book since that, since that first um, event, but I might pick it back up at some point. All right, so I had to do a little thing real quick. But speaking of Power Rangers news, uh, the the '90s Yellow Rangers gets a gets a interest, a love interest in all of this, and that would be Aisha, who, um, and this is a spoiler for Mighty Morphin Power Rangers 109, which I believe was last the book. It's either this week or last week. I can't remember. Regardless, uh, if you're up on that, I will not spoil it. But they're fighting Reader Repulsor on on who has a new name and kind of has has an upgrade for the um for the last little bit. And apparently, her and another ranger gets kind of kind of close. Uh, next up, Dynamite Entertainment has licensed Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas for comic books and graphic novels, both adaptations and new material. So the first project is going to be written by Torun Grombeck, who we know from Thor and Red Sonja, and is due for release sometime in 2024. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm glad to see her getting more stuff, because I've been liking her writing. Um, here we go. Speaking of uh, TM, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles The Last Ronin, there is a sequel coming, coming from IDW and Nickelodeon. Um... So I guess it is. <laughs> Never mind. I'm not going to read that. Um, it says here that the sequel is going to be called The Last Ronin 2 Re-Evolution uh, and was re- revealed during the IDW panel at uh, San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, let's see. It brings together the original Last Ronin creative team, Kevin Eastman, Tom Waltz, writing, uh, artists uh, Ben Bishop, Isao Escorza, and Isaac Escorza, colors Edgar Delgado, and letterer Sean Lee. Um, 
I probably shouldn't read what it's about since uh, I don't know, uh, Matt, if you want to be lightly spoiled about a thing. No, no, I was just uh, slightly disappointed at the name. I, I thought it'd be, you know, wrote into like, uh, you know, electric shells or electric boogaloo or something. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So, okay, well, if you don't mind. This is, I would say the story, the subject matter is a little more on the serious side. I think that's why they wouldn't name it that. They would not name it that. It's not going to be, yeah, ooze or anything like that. Have you have you seen those Saturday morning adventure books, Matt? That no, I don't know. putting out. Wait, who's putting them out? Uh, IDW. So basically, so they did. Um, well, they have an ongoing now from the Turtles from the '80s cartoon, but they started off as like miniseries. So they did a Turtles one that was set in the '80s cartoon. They did a Dungeons and Dragons for the cartoon. Uh, oh yeah, I have seen those. I have yeah, seen those. Yeah. Yeah. So, but they but they have a continuation of the turtles one. Um, there was another one. I can't remember what the other one was. It's, it's drawn a blank. I'm hoping they do pole position, but they probably won't. Anyway, um, this news uh, last Ronin series uh, is going is basically taking place quite naturally after the events of the original last morning uh, Ronin. Uh, it's going to follow uh, a different set of a different crew which uh, has been introduced, well, which was introduced in The Last Ronin, but born out in the um, Lost Day special, which I think we talked about last week, and I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Next up. All right, next up, the Paramount Plus animated series Star Trek Lower Decks is getting a tie-in original graphic novel that doubles as a choose-your-own adventure book. So it was announced at San Diego Comic-Con. IDW Publishing will publish Star Trek Lower Decks, Warp Your Own Way, OGN, Choose Your Own Adventure. The interactive graphic novel comes from writer Ryan North and artist Chris Fonolio. North and Fonolio are no strangers to Lower Decks, having previously collaborated on a comic book limited series based on the show. All right. Uh, Let's see. Price point. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Still, yeah, no price point here in the article. That's what I was looking for, folks. Yeah. Um, I saw this co- coincidentally after a certain episode on season one where there's a hollow, uh, something happened, uh, a holodeck adventure that they have. So uh, this kind of amuses me. Amuses me. Plus, I used to love Choose Your Own Adventures uh, books back in the day. So for the kids, Choose Your Own Adventures. No, I'm not doing that. Anyway. No. Because I know they still make them. So <laughs> I'm sure they know about them. But that's kind of cool. Next up, though, Dungeons & Dragons uh, webcomic Bree and the Borrowed Blade is coming to Webtoons. Uh, in fact, oh, it's going to be set in, uh, it's going to launch in 2024 on Webtoon. It's going to be uh, written by Purpa with art by Ryan um, Manolet. The story stars Bree, the daughter of R.A. Salvatore's beloved Dungeons & Dragons uh, character. Once again, we talk about second week in a war row, Dritzt and Katie Bree. Uh, the first look was revealed. Katie Bree or Katie Bree? I never, it, I never, I never knew. I have no idea, sir. I've always seen that. I don't know. It could be Katie Bree. So we'll, we can go with that. But um, the first look was um, revealed at the Dungeons & Dragons Into the Worlds of Webtoons uh, panel from Dungeons & Dragons, from, from Comic-Con. Uh, and yeah, there you go. Some art in there if you're interested in this, uh, in the article, in the show notes. Next up. Last but not least, 
when it comes to San Diego Comic-Con news. Titan Comics announced the Savage Sword of Conan for 2024. So Titan Comics is growing their Conan the Barbarian offerings with the Savage Sword of Conan set to be published sometime in 2024. The magazine-sized black and white series will feature multiple tales from the world of Conan. Creators lined up to contribute include John Arcudi, Frank Thierry, Patch Zercher, Howard Chaikin, Raphael Kayanan, Carrie Nord, Rebecca Puebla, Dan Panosian, Richard Pace, Gerardo Zafino, and many more. That's pretty cool. You know what? If you're going to have that license, you know, milk it for as much as you can. So just just to be clear, Titan's only publishing it for them. Okay. So just uh, just a right. clarification. I don't know if that comes out in the in the article. Just uh, some inside knowledge I, I have on that. So right. But uh, they're super. I'm super excited. Uh, for the magazine format, it, it, you know, reminds us of like the you know the '80s, right? Um, and having taken on the art is is definitely making steps to to keep that going to keep that thing going. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Just as of note, we mentioned this earlier. It's actually sooner. Conan the Barbarian number one actually goes on sale. I, I guess the comic book actually goes on sale on August second. And according to Titan, the first issue has already sold 80,000 copies, making it the highest-selling Titan Comics title ever. Right. Cool beans. All right, folks, that is it for our news. And it was a lot of it, so thank you for, for sticking around with us, especially you, Matt, for, for sticking around with us for, yeah, seriously. for all of this, because it was a lot. I'm going to drop off now. Uh, yes, don't get spoiled by the stuff we were going to talk about. Yeah, I'll probably read Hellfire Club before I go to bed. Please so do, and let you, us know what you think. Oh, uh, you know, goddamn Musrava, like you know that stupid panel. Actually, but hold I, on, Matt. If I may suggest you, if you have some time to maybe read it when you wake up, because it is a lot. I don't know if you want to read that right before bed, but that's yeah, Hellfire Gala. There's a lot. Like it took a, it took me a while to get through. There's a lot to it. I, look, I, you know, I heard Nimrod does this, and like Orcus does that. And, <laughs> All right, all right, all okay. right. I don't blame you, but yeah. it is a lot. Yeah, right. it, it's it's, right. it's worth the read, definitely. So, yeah, let us know what you think. It was wonderful seeing you guys. Thanks again for having me on the show. Hopefully, um, you know, maybe we'll catch up before New York Comic Con. Oh yeah, and um, you know, uh, it's always exciting to talk to you guys and uh, and uh, you know, uh, share some thoughts and you know, drop some cryptic deep cuts. Of course, thank you for sharing with us and Absolutely. with our audience. Yeah, we appreciate you as always. You know that. Take it easy, sir. All righty. Thanks again to AdMatWang97 for all of the San Diego Comic-Con insider stuff. All right. Um, Let's see what we got. Oh, sorry. So we're going to go into what we'll save the the ad until after this. So we close, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so next up, we are going to go back in time and in order to what we normally do and talk about the uh, finale of Secret Invasion, Marvel Secret Invasion on Disney Plus. Right. And my response to that is, do we have to? Yes, we do. Eh, yeah, so, I mean, luckily without luckily it won't take long. <laughs> right. Exactly. Without spoiling too much. My biggest problem with this series, once the finale aired and once I finished finished watching it, was what was the point? 
what on earth was the point of the series? What do we get out of it? What character development do we really get out of it? You know, where does this move the story of the MCU forward? How does it move it forward? In what way? And I'm still struggling with that. And after six episodes, that's a terrible place to find yourself. So that's really my my take on it. Uh, Roddy Cat may have less of a spicy take, but we'll see in a second. Yeah, I mean, I am. I, I can't say that I would totally put off with it because and in some respects i kind of expected it to be a certain way as as, as i told uh agent 70 before the show especially when i saw the uh, the episode count um but i do kind of share his um questions of like well kind of what we get what did we get out of this and the only thing i answered uh in that was we kind of got a little bit more on fury of that which we did not have prior to this because realistically we saw fury uh, bring up the Avengers and just kind of, dis- uh, you know, brought up the Avengers, uh, made that whole thing happen, disappeared, showed up on the episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which I know is not necessarily canon, but what have you. But there was still no real n- development in that character. So for the most part, we pretty much got a little bit more about the character um, with this. Nothing that's going to be earth-shattering or groundbreaking or anything. And uh, And I'll just go ahead and say kind of a spoiler alert. While does kind of sort of lead into the Marvels, not in a way that one would expect. Yeah. Um, um, given certain other Marvel shows, but maybe they're trying to get away from that stuff. There is, however, um, we do get a tie into, or potentially get a tie into the next Captain America movie and um, the potentially the Arbor Wars movie. I guess it's still a movie at this point. A uh, movie that uh, that is uh, supposedly still coming out at some point. So we do get right. that. Uh, but as far as you know, the show and Fury, yeah, like the we get we get some character stuff here and there. We get them set up to go get into the Marvels, but really nothing. Well, I take that back. There's one kind of biggish thing, but that is the biggest thing that we kind of already knew about. But now it's just kind of the fires have been stoked under it, let's just say. Right. right. Uh, because they did kind of introduce a thing into the DC or the MCU kind of, uh, not introduced, but kind of put more into, let's just say, uh, with right. this. Right. And if there's one thing, if there's one positive thing that I'm taking from this, it's the character that was, that's being played by Olivia Coleman. You yes. know, I can't say it enough. That's probably the most fun I have watching this series. Whom is when she's on the screen. Yeah, hopefully we will see her again and it's um given where she ends up at the end of this, I feel like that's likely, but um we don't know that for certain. I'm slightly right. surprised we didn't see one uh, Valentina uh, Allegra de la Fontaine, whatever, uh, uh, show up for some strange reason. But I know she's that's that's a Thunderbolts thing and has nothing to do with this. Um, so I, I'm not surprised that it didn't happen. And right. but we did see a character connected to her. We did see a character connected to her. Yes. Um, right. Not spoiling the finale. Yes, I mean the character showed up uh, before in, in this thing, but we. I guess the one the one thing that we got out of this that's kind of a still a mystery is the um has to do with a character 
that has been uh, in here the whole time, but, you know, uh, we don't know. There's still, we don't, I don't want to give it away. We don't know what the status was before we get into this. Let's just put it. Right, 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 right. There's, there's still a lingering mystery that, you know, may in fact play on, or or at least develop into uh, one of the future MCU movies. Right. So something came out of it, but it wasn't as something like big knockout. Oh, I can't wait for the next thing. Well, I mean, we're already kind of kind of can't wait for the next thing anyway. But nothing right. that's just going to be like, oh snap, this is something you know. Right. I just think I just think that the the potential for this was so much greater than what we got. Agreed. I can agree with that. Yeah. And that's that. That's just a crying shame. Yeah. 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 Like to have Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> Yeah, you know, exactly. And, and exactly. he's been playing the character. I, I feel like part of this is almost like a, a swan song for the character because we we know he's not going to do too much, too many more. It's like we know he's going to be in the Marvels, but he's probably not going to be too many more, doing too much more in the MCU. So I figured that was the other reason why they did this. Mm-hmm. But you know, they they could have sent him off a little bit better than that, or you know, I'm halfway surprised they didn't introduce a son, but. <laughs> To, but they didn't necessarily need to because as far as he himself is already in MCUification, in a right. But yeah, that that was um, the last. That was Marvel Secret Invasion. We have nothing until a, well, the Marvels. Well, that I mean, but I meant uh, TV show wise. But until Ahsoka, right? Um, but yeah, the Marvels uh, 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 is, is probably going to be the next thing we we end up talking about on this show. And with that, we're going to push over into the books. And we have one yes. very <laughs> big book. We've been hitting around both to it all length, show. Right, both in length and impact to talk about this week. And everything else is going to be rapid fire. Mm-hmm. We, we, we settled this before, and it turns out to have been a very good decision because of how long we've been going. X-Men Hellfire Gala 2023 number one was written by Jerry Duggan with art by Adam Kubert, Luciano Vecchio, Matteo Loli, Russell Dowderman, Javier Pina, R.B. Silva, Joshua Cassara, Chris Anka, Pepe Larraz, and Pepe Larraz. Colors on this book are by Rain Barreto, C.C. De La Cruz, Matthew Wilson, Eric Arseniega, and Marte Gracia. This entire book is not lettered by one person, but rather the entire virtual calligraphy studio. That's how big it is. Yeah, it was all hands for this job, Jobby. I, I actually I laughed when I saw that credit. Yep. I laughed when I saw that credit. I said, wait, they're crediting the entire studio for the letters on this book. And I realized why once I finished it. There's a lot to it. There's a lot happening. Um, without spoiling it, I will say that this is just another stage in the never-ending cycle of bringing the X-Men down to their virtual knees in order to see them bounce back against their enemies. This is a very, very harsh reminder that that is almost the the cycle that the X-Men go through. Remember when there were only 180 some odd minutes, we're getting to that point again. We might even be less than that, but yeah. Um, 
I see, but that's that's, that's yeah, what yeah. I compare it to. No, no, know? no. I'm glad because I actually thought that's the exact same thing. Um, so again, without spoiling, because there's a lot to the book. I, I will yeah, say it starts there is a off, lot, a lot. Yeah, uh, um, it starts off with stuff that we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. So this is this is while it is kind of spoilerish, it is not that big of a spoiler because the status of Kamala Khan has now been put forth uh, front and center at this point. Right, um, not completely, not completely resolved, but it's no. been it's been adjusted and maybe even reset. Right, like there is definitely one still mystery to to uh, that's uh, that's probably going to come out in her uh, book that's coming out that I think we had already talked about. Uh, in fact, the, the back of this book pretty much lays out. Um, lays out that whole that miniseries in in a little bit of an order, but nevertheless, uh, so they take care of that up front, and then we get into the gala itself. And of course, there are some celebrities whom I think there's at least one or two celebrities that show up, but I couldn't tell you who they are mm-hmm. uh, that show up in the background as as per usual for for this book of the last couple of, of years. But then things start, things go. And I'm just going to say, and this is probably the only other thing I'm going to say uh, that without spoiling anything, let's just say they take some inspiration from a very, from a popular event from a popular fantasy show. And the funny part about that is, and I know the same writer did Incredible Iron Man uh, uh, Incredible Iron Man this week slightly references uh, the the world that I'm talking about in Incredible Iron Man, because which which show which pretty much comes up after um after the gala. So, it's it's it is a whole thing. So you see, pieces get put in place, pieces get scattered to the wind, pieces pieces pieces. The the gala pretty much is the thing you want to read this week if you have any yeah. interest in the X corner. Yeah, yeah, this is the big this is the big tipping point. So, yeah, you want to read this. Yeah. It's like I swear, like we said, it's a lot. <laughs> yes, it is most certainly a lot. You you see some pieces of those stuff that I think we had talked about in passes of like, yeah, well, we know this is going to be a theme, there's going to be a team or two show, uh, you know, uh pop up and the new X-Men team had, was um was announced. <laughs> um which I, there's a question I want to ask uh, Agent Seventy after the show for, uh, about that part, but because um, sure. it would it would it would give away something there. But I will ask, what do you think of the makeup of the team initially? Uh, surprised. Yeah, very surprised. Yeah, that yeah to say the least. Because like, wait, half of those characters really haven't been, as far as I could tell, around that much. Uh, currently in the Xbox, unless they're in a book that I'm not reading or something. I don't know. Um, but it was like, huh, that, that's a, that's an interesting choice for this group. Mm-hmm. And no, um, well, I was going to say, it was definitely a changing of the guard because we see people come as we see people go. Um, and this is going to be not necessarily a first, but it's probably been a while since, uh, uh, some folks may or may not make be on the team. Uh, put it that way. You know what? Read the hell fog guy. That's the main thing to say. 
you know, we're just trying to avoid spoiling at yes. all costs, folks. There's a lot. Yeah. So it is. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say it so we can kind of nip that in the bud. It's pretty much my click of the week. Yeah, same. Because. Same, same, same. So listen, we have other books that we read this week. We're mm-hmm. going to get to them very quickly. So I am going to spin up the rapid fire review section of the podcast. I ain't got time to bleed. All right. I'm kind of going in a little bit reverse alphabetical order. First up for me is Ultimate Invasion number two. It's written by Jonathan Hickman with pencils by Brian Hitch, inks by Andrew Curry, colors by Alex Sinclair, and letters by VCs Joe Caramagna, our favorite lettering Paisan. We, you know, kind of follow up in in some very logical uh, places, uh, ways and places from the first issue. And the plan of the maker uh, has started to achieve some success. You know, it was set into motion in uh, at the end of the first issue. And we're starting to see some of the fruits of his labors here in the second issue. Listen, this was a pretty interesting read. But after reading the Hellfire Gala, it's tough to come. <laughs> yeah, indeed. I, I haven't gotten a, around to this one yet, but I'm looking forward to checking it out. But yeah, I, I, yeah, what he said just was is the case. Exactly. Next up, Incredible Hulk number two is written by Philip Kennedy Johnson with art by Nick Klein, colors by Matthew Wilson, and letters by VCs Corey Petit. Uh, long story short, you know, uh, with Nick Klein on pencils on, with, on art on this. The horror aspects are really being built up. Um, there are some, you know, kind of uh, interesting uh, directions that they're trying to take this horror, this latest horror uh, story, uh, using the Incredible Hulk as a character. Um, you know, it's interesting that uh, you know they're, they're they're keeping it very much, um, you know, rooted in that. You know, obviously, you know, we, we talked before about how Immortal Hulk, the Immortal Hulk title delved partially into that. Then it went away real quick with the Kate's run. And now it's back because, you know, Green Door stuff plays a part in this story. Uh, next up is Invincible Iron Man number eight is written by Jerry Duggan with art by Juan Gary, colors by Brian Valenza and letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. This in... Um, in, uh, this actually comes after the events of the Hellfire Gala, so you should read Hellfire Gala first, although I don't think it's necessarily – it doesn't really make a big difference, but it helps. Um, if you read this, you find out what's going on on Tony's side and how possibly he's going to tie back into the events happening in the pages of the X-Men book. Right, and, and it definitely ties to the Hellfire Gala, and actually, probably also, you may want to if you had get, didn't get a chance to read it, the which I had not the the free comic book day because both uh, both the Hellfire Gala and this, it, it's a side thing, but you know it, it right they all tie together, references. right? Yeah, exactly. That this is where they all tie together. You know, unbeknownst to many people, well, I guess what they did they did announce that the free comic book day stuff would tie into this eventually. Right. This is where it comes in, right? Uh, next up is Avengers number three. It's written by Jed McKay with art by C.F. Villa, colors by Federico Blee, and letters by V.C.'s Corey Petit. This was actually a pretty fun issue to read. Mm-hmm. I will say that I appreciate um, T'Challa's place on this team. 
because <laughs> with Carol in charge, they're playing her to type, right? She, you know, Kelly Thompson's done a decent job of moving her away from this aspect of her character, but it's still there, right? And you know, in a in a in, in, in a context, in the context that she's placed in, it helps to have that second active voice of reason. Right. You're number one, as it, as it were. Exactly. And I like that. I like that dynamic. Yeah. Um, um, Carol is definitely a hit first, ask questions later type leader. Uh, I, and I kind of wonder, since you, what you just said about uh, the Marvel, uh, the Captain Marvel run, like when this is possibly being set, because maybe they could have started like before she hit that arc or whatever. You, uh, and, and No, I just think that's an ongoing character arc. Well, I know, but you said she kind of got away with it in her book. No, right? not not getting away, but learning to deal with that. Like, uh, learning to... Right, it was never a complete... You know, like, the journeys for these characters are never is never complete, right? Right. And that's just part... You know, part of that uh, was dealt... Was, was addressed, or at least touched upon during gotcha. Kelly Thompson's run. Gotcha. But it's no surprise that, you know, it rears its head again. This particular kind of character trait. Gotcha. And last but not least for me is Amazing Spider-Man number 30 is written by Zeb Wells with pencils by Ed McGinnis, inks by Mark Farmer, Cliff Rathburn, and Ed McGinnis. Colors are by Marcio Miniz and letters, of course, by our favorite lettering Python, the hardest working letterer, VC's Joe Caramagna. So uh, we get the finale to this little uh, Dr. Octopus story versus uh, Peter and Norman Osborn. And there are some interesting things revealed. Um, it's kind of fun to see, uh, some of the side effects of superior Spider-Man, uh, kind of, you know, coming back to the fore. And we both know, we all know the listening and viewing audience that superior Spider-Man, the concept is coming back. It's already been announced. It's already been teased. It's already been solicited. So, um, you know, bearing, bearing that in mind I read this issue and this this like three story, this three issue arc with you know uh, you know with that coloring my perspective. Right. This was yeah. This was a, a fun read. Uh, th- that aside, it was uh, it was a couple of points like yeah, you're getting really too really too, really too close to each other and uh, <laughs> really sharing uh, sharing a bond there with uh, with what's going on in this. So so it was kind of funny for that. And also the the. Um, the most uses of the word "dolt" I've heard since Danger Mouse. Yeah, which is which is also well, and probably also superior uh, superior Spider Man, but that's beside the point. So uh, this would have probably been in the running, and I mean, it's still a potential, but this would have been in the running if 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 the if the gala hadn't hadn't happened. Right. And with that, I go on to mine. Uh, we go. We head back into the uh, corner of the Avengers with Avengers Beyond number five of five, uh, written by Jer- Derek Landy, pencils by Agent uh, Seventy's favorite Greg Land, uh, inks by Jay Lyston, colors by Frank Darmada, and letters by G- VCs Joe Caramagna. So this is it, but. Maybe if the if the the last page is in the indication, there may be a continuation in the pages of Avengers. Uh, in fact, in two issues to come, 
Um, I don't know, or if they're just saying that, hey, the Avengers are going to be here, uh, you know, by the way. But we kind of get a, a finality to the whole, hey, the Beyonder got the Avengers uh, uh, messed up. Uh, the Beyonder kind of got his come up this, and also in this got a status change a couple of different times. So it seems like something they're going to definitely pick up on again um, at some point, whether it be in the pages of Avengers, like it, it seems to be the case, or in another one of these miniseries. I don't know. Um, but we shall see. Definitely, if you're interested in this, it's a, it's a, it's a read. It's kind of one that was like, well, where is this going to go? In potentially in another book. That's where it seems to be going. But to what end? I have no idea. Uh, and last book for me. Actually, wait. No, that was it because um, you did uh, Iron Man already. So that's it. Clicks of the week. Clicks of the week. Yeah, Hellfire Gala twenty twenty three number one. I mean. <laughs> there is no hemming and hawing here, folks. Yeah, I know that we both know that that that, that PC and underscore Dirt did in fact give us his click of the week, yes. and it is most definitely not Hellfire Gala twenty twenty three number one. Yes, in fact, uh, it is a book that's called Click Click Boom number two. He said it was good this week. That's pretty much all he said. So we don't know that much about the book outside of him saying that uh, there's the cover for that, but. Guess what, folks? And we didn't get Tim's, but I suspect if Tim had time to read, um, he, he would. I don't want to speak up for the, for the man, but he probably would have said something similar to to, to us. I I would suspect. Yeah, that's. I think that's a. I think that's a fair assessment. So there's some, here's some uh, variant covers for the for the gala. Um, there's the one for for Kamala. I did like uh, um, Kamala's. Uh, cost uh, uh thing uh fit whatever but you know the one thing that I, I was kind of surprised about actually you know what we'll talk afterwards because i just thought about that, that it's not a spoiler but it would be something that that, that would be going into the book sure. um so with that folks that's it that's the show for this particular night uh let's get one last ad read in our last ad read of the night listen we've been at this for a while we blazed through our comic book reviews Make you know one thing made it easy because we <laughs> each had one big book to read and it was really good. Mm-hmm. But our last ad read of the night, please help us keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit CSPN.us and click the keep our podcast free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or Marvel Legends. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link. Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. This is probably the first time we've had such a clear cut uh, and well, not unanimous, but a, a clear cut win, uh, click of the week that the that, that, uh, multiple folks have shared. In a while. Right, that we settled on right away. Right. Exactly. Because there was that whole, right. whole time with Vision. We, we were kind of all all up on that and probably a couple other things. And Right. And like Thor's. Thor's. Exactly. I was just about to say <laughs> Thor's. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it doesn't happen that often. But when it does, hey, look, folks, we don't see you wrong. Um, 
And with that, folks, this brings us to the end of the show. Thank you for sticking around for us to, to this, whether uh, in video form or audio form after the fact. We know it's a long one. We appreciate you sticking with us. It's not uh, our longest. It is but, definitely not. You know, we definitely had a nice conversation about San Diego Comic-Con and a lot of the news that came from it. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a packed show. You can definitely say that. Yep. Um, and with that, I have been Radicat. You can find me at Radicat on Twitter. You can find me at News News Need on Twitter. You can find me at CBCaps on Instagram. Uh, um, excuse me, Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. And threads. And threads. <laughs> PCN underscore dirt on Twitter. Pop Culture Net on Twitter. Pop Culture Network.com and all the Zumbrella sites therein. And, uh,. You know, the Yosiris that is ish. One, Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter. Uh, CB Cron on Twitter, which is the Combo Chronicles Twitter account. Uh, the Click Nation on Twitter. That's T-H-E-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N. TheClickNation.com. And uh, first and foremost, and none the least, uh, over at ComicBook.com under the name Timothy Adams, where he's over there writing his face off. Uh, you can find this here podcast on the coast of the podcast network that's cspn.us do it today uh, you can also find us in your podcast personal place of choice whether it be google play apple itunes aka apple Podcasts, spotify or the coast of the podcast network soundcloud page make sure to hit like subscribe and leave us all the positive five-star reviews especially on apple podcasts and make sure if you get a chance to come and check us out uh, when we record live, mostly every Thursday night, 9.30ish Eastern Standard Time, like the one Benji Games 2 did. Appreciate you, good sir. Um, uh, every Thursday night, 9.30ish uh, Eastern Standard Time, like I said, on the YouTube channel of The Click Nation. That's youtube.com slash The Click Nation and twitch.tv slash comic book chronicles. Again, please hit like, subscribe, and uh, hit the notification button so you know when we are broadcasting live. Indeed. Uh, we will see you folks next week. We've got a regular show for you because we don't have... It is. It will be the first... Wait. When does, when does the soccer start? It's next month. Yeah, next month to next the week. Google! <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to put the, put the, put the, put the brakes on the show. Oh, August 23rd, so we got some time. Oh, yeah, we've got time. So, yeah, so it'll be a, a regular show, uh, not to be confused with the, the animated series regular show. Um, and with that, rest in peace to uh, Sinead O'Connor. Uh, yes, yes, that was sad news to hear this week. Indeed, indeed. Um, yeah. Uh, indeed it was. Because she's not that much older than either myself or Roddy Cat, and that's oh. the sad part. No, not not too terribly much. But if you're young and don't know who it is, look her up. Um, probably one of her most notable songs is a, a song that Prince in well pro- wrote and produced that uh, right. and, and ended up uh, re re uh, recording sometime after the fact. Uh, but and some other things which we won't get into. So yeah, yeah, look her up. Yeah. Anyway, but, you know, but you know what's important? What's that? She was right. Yeah. You're not wrong. She was. She right. was. Yep. If you know what you don't want to know what about, look her up. You'll understand it. Yeah, right. it's worth looking up. She was right. Mm-hmm. And with that, this has been the Cumber Chronicles. Peace. Peace. One. And knowing is half the battle.